0: How's it going, everybody? MMA lock of the night here, Manpreet Jazz, just reminding you guys that the Tape Index is available. Yes, we have the entire February schedule up for Bellator and UFC. So every time you want to sit down and get some research and done, just hit up the Tape Index and everything is a click away. Cut your browsing time way in half. Cut it down. 95%. Everything is available. All you have to do is click Tape Index, bookmark that shit. And whenever you want to study, you're ready to go. We got everything from the regional fights all the way up to their UFC main events. Everywhere that we could possibly scour over the web, we've done it to find you all the fights that you need to make an educated guess and bet on who you think is going to win the upcoming matchup and how. So make sure you guys check that out. It's on MMAplay365.com. Spend more time studying and less time browsing.
1: It's yeah. not fun. You just want to kill yourself there. Exactly.
0: Like this stuff that I'm doing, it. it's, it's, if you think about it, it's kind of a job, but when you enjoy it, is, but
1: it it's like you're supporting your yourself. Yeah, exactly. So you're it's a, to passion
0: it a passion slash, uh, uh you know, it, it's just something that it doesn't feel like a job. Cody, I think it was Cody that said, it's like, uh, when you, when you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. And oh. it sounds so fucking cliche,
1: but my grandpa used to say that,
0: but there's, there's no more, there's no further truth in terms yeah. of when it comes to like career stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. I love, I love doing it. And I've been doing it for almost two years now. This is, as of this year, I started actually bringing in studio guests, which is where it really started to like move forward. But like the past two years have just flown by because I just not really going autopilot because that just, that kind of insinuates that you're just, you know, you're doing the bare minimum. Right you know, when you're like preparing yourself for the BTC cards and all that stuff, when you're researching these fighters or you're researching certain things, it is technically work but you're not working because you're enjoying learning about uh jasmine i got you got to help me with her name
1: jazz Vicious?
0: yes i like yeah. to call her vicious yeah ergus is actually the one that like put me on her first right? he like i asked him i'm like who should i be looking out for and th- he's she's the first name that he's other than adam asenza because yeah. he just works with him yeah but uh jazz was the first person that he's like look out for this girl and then a couple weeks later she ended up fighting in cffc
1: yeah she fell out last weekend in cffc yeah
0: so and, i actually watched her on the way here like uh, while i was on the go train i'm like let me see what this chick's all about and
1: she thinks that fights like an audition for the contender series for this oh, summer so obviously cool. she passed with flying colors so yeah. i think she's the best female 125er out there right now that isn't signed to a major oh, okay. promotion <laughs> i'm like oh well, that's yeah. a big statement <laughs> that isn't a major sign yeah, yeah to yeah. anyone so i think so
0: she's four and oh now
1: she's four and oh yeah she just started pro last year too that's insane so she had three fights in 2019 and then just had that one now with cffc for her first which
0: is a which is a good like uh, uh platform for her as well right it's on fight pass easily accessible i'm sure it got a lot of eyeballs as well in terms of people that or the hardcore fans that actually watch cffc um but yeah it is a good audition tape like you're saying for the contender series. so hopefully she's able to land that in the summer
1: yeah i'm hoping she lands it yeah like,
0: what team is she with
1: so she trains at niagara top team which is in, a, in Saint Catharines.
0: Which is a newer team, right It's a new right? gym.
1: So Matt DiMarcantonio and Chris Prickett opened it last year, mm-hmm. uh, just before BTC six. So just around June, end of probably end of May, beginning of June of last year. Yeah, and like they're just cranking out guys like it's the perfect gym too because matt's obviously had mma experience as a Tons. jiu-jitsu guy yeah. and chris prickett's like a, came from a wrestling background still coaches the guys at brock which is That's cool now like arguably the best wrestling program in all of canada they just won the ouas last weekend in guelph six six so like you're meshing jiu-jitsu with wrestling it's like you're just building killers right there i think they
0: have a little bit of an agreement or at least an unspoken agreement yeah. with uh parabellum right yeah
1: they cross-trained there
0: i find like everybody like east like within ontario everybody uh oh sorry west of toronto kind of just sticks together like the parabellum guys and the niagara top team guys and then everybody west of toronto kind of sticks together as well with like Bruckmans and and those guys over there um how long have you been around the local mma scene
1: uh honestly it's only been like a couple years yeah not even that long like i followed it a little bit yeah Back in the score fighting series days and stuff like those that. Days. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that yeah. have made it up there. Yeah. They miss it. Like, I mean, it was also on TV. It had a huge platform too. Yeah. So that's when MMA was just like booming. Like everyone was putting on a show. Yeah. It seemed like, especially in, when Ontario when it was like just legal, everyone's like, we gotta do a show. There
0: were so many shows that popped up, but then just went away. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like Score Fighting Series was, was unfortunate because Rogers bought them out and yeah. they shut them down, right? Um, but they put on like high quality shows, and they had, I think they only had maybe two or three shows at the time that had made it onto Access TV because that's when they signed the deal with them. Yeah. And then they, they had, got like, the a Fellow
1: call the last two. Yeah, I remember
0: that. That yeah. guy's awesome. Yeah. I got to hang with him a little bit too. He's, He's Moro nice did a couple of their shows as well.
1: Moro did. Uh, a Ardo of them Cal was the ring announcer. Ardo Cal was a beast back yeah, then too. Like he was doing like a lot like what I'm doing now, like everything. Like he was yeah. doing stuff for. OHL AHL yeah. with the, the Marlies and then that stuff and
0: now he's um, doing esports yeah he's, he's, right he's, he's killing it yeah. I think he's down in Manhattan now or something yeah. or New York
1: with ESPN he yeah. just works for them he it's doing just freaking school. awesome so. for
0: him and that's a that's a guy I kind of like worked in tandem with during the score fighting series days like me him Robin uh, the guy that ran it Brandon Fife and uh, Woody Woodrow yeah. James yeah fucking those, those guys are like the pioneers in terms of MMA in Ontario especially with the fact that it only got legalized in 2011 right yeah That's that's insane. Uh, I think there was another show before UFC 129 that actually was uh, were
1: able to claim that they were the first ever ever show
0: on (laughs) Ontario. Do you remember that? The Reckoning, I think it was called.
1: I think so. Yeah, I know. I think maybe it was just after that show, but it was like one of those. And one of the producers I was working with at Rogers TV up in Waterloo was like, yeah, I'm working freelance on this. I I thought it was so cool that he was working this like, because I was a big fight fan, but he was like yeah, I'm working the show, whatever, I'm just getting freelance big and, you know, like, hey, whatever, but.
0: What what pushed you towards MMA? Like, did you start watching the UFC? How did you get into the combat sports world?
1: Well, combat sports has been like a big part of my life from yeah. early childhood. Like, I was a big wrestling fan growing up. Me obviously. too. Can tell me oh, sure. I, Dude, I just, <laughs> I'm like, wait, is that Bret Hart? Yeah. Dude, my favorite,
0: easily, easily, easily my favorite. I think everyone's Him and Shawn Michaels, yeah. like top two for me.
1: Yeah, that's my childhood right sean michaels bret hart owen hart yeah uh razor ramon diesel oh, all those yeah. guys so oh, yeah so i got into that like i mean they marketed it perfectly for kids it came on like right after cartoons yeah so it was like you know like live action superheroes so, and like, it was the closest
0: thing to like rated r that we could potentially get to at that attitude yeah, era right yeah like,
1: but like early 90s still like yeah. know, it was just the perfect mesh for mm-hmm. kids to to follow through like i just remember my Growing up it was like I'd wake up, go to the the farmer's market with my dad, like ride on the little motorcycles they had, jump into bouncy castle, he'd do a shopping, I'd get a gingerbread castle, watch like <laughs> a gingerbread cookie, I'd watch Come home, watch, like, Spider-Man and The Tick, and then wrestling was on.
0: <laughs> the Tick, so, that's another classic right there. So,
1: like, like the way I used to, like, not want to go, like, every kid never wants to go to sleep. So, it was, like, my parents would be, like, wrestling won't be on if you don't go to sleep. And I'd be, like, i out. Like, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> I want to watch it. So, yeah, I got into it through wrestling. Yeah. Like, first WWF, and then my grandparents, uh, we're living in, they lived in Jamaica, so they had a huge... Satellite Dish, that's where I got exposed to WCW early, so I got into it pretty early there, but... So I used to rent tapes, like wrestling tapes at the video store. Okay. So I rented UFC three because they put it in the wrestling section wow. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So I thought, like, what a cool looking ring this is. Like I had no idea it was UFC three. Who the fuck was so on that? So I remember one? Keith Hackney and Emmanuel Yarbrough. <laughs> where Emmanuel Yarbrough got knocked out of the cage or yeah. out of the octagon at that point. And it's it's the one with Harold Hall- Hallard, Chemo. Uh, and ro- Steve
0: Jenham. I remember Jenim. that guy He Steve. was like the late Replacement for uh, the, Hoist right The
1: only guy like Not Hoist Gracie That won one of the UFC tournaments I think he
0: was road. like A cop or something too yeah. Right Yeah he that was. was his thing
1: He was in like One of the ultimate Ultimates afterwards Because they're like <laughs> You won a tournament You may as well Get on in And You're here.
0: in now Let's see what his record He's, He ended two and three Fought Marcos Huas Who's a yeah. beast King of the streets R- Exactly That guy's a monster And then Tank Abbott as well <laughs> That was the one after I believe Yeah, yeah he fought was- UFC 4 I don't remember this guy, Milton Bowen. Beat him by armbar. Impressive to be pulling off jiu-jitsu and not be a Gracie back at UFC 4. <laughs> I know. And then it's... lost to a submission. Neck crank to tank habit. <laughs> Literally the same night. Oh, yeah. It was the same night tournament. What am I talking about? Duh. Yeah,
1: it was, that was the ultimate ultimate. But it was like everyone really wanted Harold Haller to win that one. Because yeah. he was from Niagara Falls. Yep. And so he's the only like first, probably the first Canadian or one of the first Canadians to ever fight in the UFC. So, Keith
0: Hackney was uh, Canadian as well, right?
1: I thought he was in America. Oh,
0: no, you're right. You're right. I think... Oh, I keep getting these guys fucking mixed up, dude. I, I don't know why the hell I thought this entire time that Harold Harold was Keith
1: Hackney. <laughs> no, they are not. They are not the same. Keith
0: Hackney's people. the one that was like going balls yeah, to the, the wall UFC with 4. Joe Son, right? Yeah, yeah. UFC okay. 4, the
1: next show, he ended up just assaulting Joe Son <laughs> in the below the belt. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, years later it was like, okay, we don't feel bad for Joe Son for his back. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. concerned what the
0: fuck that guy is now, but, right?
1: Yeah, that was the first show I ever saw. Yeah. Watched it like a couple times over, still couldn't really grasp it, but realized like, oh, this is something cool. And like little did I know it would be a huge part of my life going on. Like, yeah. I remember in high school
0: sorry sorry do you remember roughly when this was that you actually 95. rented it
1: 95
0: yeah. nice yeah. and early
1: yeah like i was a five-year-old kid just renting wrestling tapes and like oh this is not wrestling but <laughs> it looked like it enough like yeah. especially chemo like chemo came out with the cross the cross everything, the hood yeah, on and all everything that shit. like that and like the towel you'll learn out later he had a shoot fight with bam bam bigelow which, oh wow i didn't know yeah. that chemo won it apparently it was a work shoot to help build up chemo yeah yeah but yeah. it was like oh i mean that's kind of cool but, yeah, like, that's how I really got into it. My grandpa was a big boxing guy, too. Oh, yeah. So, like, when he'd talk about boxing, like, I'd come watch or sit around and talk with him about it. Because, I mean, like, the cool story he told me later on was, like, uh Joe Frazier and George Foreman, when they fought in Kingston, Jamaica, he was there. Oh, shit. So, so like, to me, that like, one of the greatest fights in heavyweight boxing history. And he you got was there. to witness he it. He got to be there and, like. You know, so to me, that was really cool.
0: Yeah. It, it's funny how many people actually come over from, I'm, I'm one of those guys too. I came over from WWF.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say the E because I, I think
0: I stopped watching it around that time. But uh, I came over with the, the Lesnar thing. Actually, you know what? It was probably WWE by that time.
1: Oh, definitely was. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, when Lesnar came over and fought Frank Mir, that was like my introduction to it. And then I'm like, shit, they do this stuff for real? Like yeah. I was all in. I dropped WWE probably immediately and just went straight over to the UFC. I was, really, I was a huge basketball fan as well. Drop that to balls deep into UFC just because I, I I have such an admiration for somebody going in there and and it's the most primitive and brutal. No, I wouldn't, I hate using the word brutal. Like somebody on the outside looking in can say it's brutal. I understand where they're coming from. But I look at it more as a human chess match. The most primitive form that you could potentially do. Like you have everything stripped of you physically. You're wearing freaking boxers and then and, and shorts. But like... You never want to be the kid at high school that got his ass whooped, right? Yeah. Like, you never wanted to be that guy. But these guys are doing it in front of millions of people, but they are training themselves to actually go out there and try to get the victory. Um, so I was just so enthralled by that. I was just like, damn, like, this is fun to watch. I think Van Silva was, like, my first ever favorite fighter. Then Shogun came on the scene. And so I got that 113 poster. That was the first ever one I actually went to was the one in Montreal. Um, so where did it change from fan of the UFC and MMA to wanting to, cause I know you do a bunch of play-by-play. I, mm-hmm. I may or may not have creeped your LinkedIn. It just, just, I like to get a little bit of background on the people that I bring in. Uh, but it seems like you've been doing play-by-play for a long time is, was that your love from the get-go is like, you want to do play-by-play or you want to do announcing and commentating? Yeah,
1: I, I was always a big sports guy. Yeah. Like a lot of kids were watching like Pokemon or stuff. I was watching TSN sports desk nice. every morning, like waking yeah. up. So you'd hear all the announcers or like, I always wanted to do like, host sports center or sports desk at the time but I mean the way things have were kind of trending towards then like the internet and social media was kind of taking over like you don't need someone to host those shows nope. especially if you need to just watch the highlights like, yeah you can find them yourself like YouTube had kind of blown up a little bit at that point mm-hmm. so you're kind of transitioning away and I was like well I still want to do sports, and I went to school for at college to for for television broadcasting, mm-hmm. and I and I really just got into it as well. And uh, I have never really thought I'd do play-by-play. So in my second year, we had to do a TV mobile production. Okay. So it was uh, men's and women's hockey, both. Well, one was Waterloo versus Laurier, which is obviously a big that's rivalry, like a rivalry, game. rivalry rivalry game for yeah. anything but i did the women's game which was u of t versus laurier okay and i remember our teacher like are you sure you can do this like it's a lot of talking and
0: this was your first for first, into first it. time ever doing Jeez.
1: it but i was like I've, I've you watch it so much it's kind of like second nature yeah so like we had a horrendous like setup and everything and i remember just like just getting into the flow and like calling it and it was like the first time I've ever taken an energy drink. And I remember it, like, it kicked in with like five minutes left in the third and standing up and just being like, boom, boom, this player, that player. So I was always uh, into that. And then I think one of the biggest things for me, really, like always wanted to do MMA was uh, Moro Ronaldo. So Beast. Like, love him. love. I love, love Moro. So when I was about 17, when like uh, Sirius XM really kind of launched in Canada, so Hardcore Sports Radio mm-hmm. had Come On, which was a part of the score. I always wanted to work at the score. Unfortunately, that's no longer an option.
0: Unless you want to do mobile.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but uh they had the Fight Network radio, which was from three to four, and it was Morrow and John Pollock, and like John would fill in on occasion, but Morrow was obviously the voice of it, and he'd break down all the news and not just MMA wrestling, but boxing. Mm-hmm. But like he really transitioned me to over to watch Elite XC because he was one of the voices nice. for Elite XC. I had the Fight Network, like I remember him talking about This Kimbo Slice guy. Yeah. So Kimbo had just fought Bo Cantrell. Okay. And this is the end of 2007. First time I remember seeing Nick Diaz when he lost to KJ Noons. Ooh,
0: good fight. Yeah, when he
1: was really upset about and whatever. So then it went to Kimbo versus Tank Abbott. So I remember Tank from those early UFC UFC days. 3 and 4 and all that. But that, that card, I think it was street certified. It was in Miami was like one of my favorite cards to watch because it was like you heard Morals style of voice. Right. Yeah. Yves Edwards knocks knocked out uh Edson Berto with like this flying knee <laughs> with like a second or so left in the first round. Yeah. Where he just like threw one up and knocked him out.
0: This is renegade or street yeah. certified street, street certified. certified. Yeah, yeah yeah let's see this. Who's on this fucking card? And it's a Bigfoot silver against Rico Rodriguez. Yep. Scott Smith against Kyle Noak, Eve Edwards against James Berto, like you're saying, Brett Rogers Brett. against James Thompson, and the Colossus and James Brett Thompson. Brett
1: Rogers is like, trying to build up for that Kimbo slice. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. you kind of saw it. I think they got into an altercation mm-hmm. post fight, either that one or when. the Actually, it was the Elite XC show, Elite XC Primetime, right the after first that. one on that CBS. That was the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where James Thompson ended up fighting him, one of those suspicious with the big Boosie ear. ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Elite XC to me was like. I always thought MMA was going to, like, MMA just lost pride at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, UFC just bought bought them. So I was like, well, they need some sort of competition for the UFC. Always thought it was going to be Elite XC. They had the production values. They had this deal with CBS and Showtime. They had good level fighters. They had all the ingredients. They had a unique star in Kimbo, which obviously turned out don't make your promotion based on a guy that can barely fight. But they had the women's MMA, which was UFC was never going to touch. Gina Carano was in there. A lot of uniqueness to them. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, Moro doing it as well was a guy you could see do that. Comes back on you know, your Monday and he's doing his radio show. And I thought this is perfect. Did,
0: did you find out about Elite XC through moral? Yeah, pretty That's much. You Morrow found out was my it.
1: connection into Elite XC.
0: When you rented UFC 3, back, and just back, backtracking a little bit, when you rented UFC 3 back in the day in 95, did you follow it like, Did you religiously follow it after that?
1: Not religiously after that because, I mean, obviously it was really hard to get a hold of, like, the blackout era happened and all that. But it was pretty much, like, The Ultimate Fighter got me back into it because, like, I started high school right when Tough One happened and it Mm -hmm. was, like, reality tv was so popular and like that was a fighting show on reality tv that wasn't corny because there was the contender show that they did for boxing mm-hmm. on nbc but it was really kind of corny like some good fighters came out of it don't get me wrong
0: yeah but, i never heard of that show actually that it it was probably with, before my time
1: it was with uh sugar ray leonard and sylvester stallone did oh. it so they had big names behind it like Isha smith came out of it okay that was to me one of the more like good fighters but it was like
0: it was it, lacking the tone. It,
1: it lacked something to me, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, this one just seemed real. How they shot it, it was like bare bones. And, like, yeah. the whole point was that you know, they were looking for good fighters, too. They needed to sell TV. Like, yeah. they paid for it themselves, but they needed good fighters. And I just remember everyone talking about, you see the Ultimate Fighter? Do you see the Ultimate Fighter? Like, the tone was changing from talking about wrestling to MMA. And so mm-hmm. I was really getting back into MMA at that point and then pretty much just followed on through
0: i i wish i was into it back then i never really heard about it much like one thing i would always listen to is live audio wrestling yeah, back in the uh, day john pollock jason agnew like that was my shit my dan brother Lebranski. was really into it. dan LeBransky,
1: yes that guy's a beast too i met dan uh,
0: he uh so they would gloss over mma a little bit during their shows Yeah, right the names i would mainly hear sean shirk bj penn matt hughes gsp Never really took into consideration how big they actually were. Obviously, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz as well. But I never really, like, followed through and be like, okay, what is this that they keep talking about? But then again, like I said, it was Lesnar that brought me over. And then I think the one of the first events I actually watched the whole main card of was um, when Rampage knocked out Vanderlei. Yeah.
1: Uh, UFC There's 82? a big card. That was a big card. It was a Starcade card. That's what they called it. A Starrcade card. It's, like, UFC 82... No, not was it 82? ninety-two.
0: Ninety-two, 92, 92. No, I feel like. It was,
1: are you sure it was ninety-two? I think it's ninety-two.
0: Ah, yeah, you're right. That yeah, that's the first full like main card that I watched because it was actually on at the Boston Pizza that I went to. This was in it was a December card, yeah. right? Yeah, December twenty seventh. I remember. After that, I'm like, all right, I got to catch every single fight from now on. Uh, I actually had to go back, watch the Pride fights and all that stuff, because then I started hearing about Pride and how I missed that freaking wave. You got, you kind of got lucky where people were actually talking about it around you, whereas me, it was mainly just through live audio wrestling that I was hearing about it. None of my friends were really into it. None of them really knew about it. Um, but I wish I was on board back then. Like Cody's the same thing. He was on an 06 during fucking... Um, What's the team-based one? Oh, IFL. IFL. He was on yeah. that one, or not on that one, but he was like really following that one too, dude. Mustafa Turk. That name just <laughs> makes me laugh. Looking that at that fight now.
1: was pretty much like kind the of poke. It was right? Yeah, it was like, and then like Congo got hit in the nuts, and he was like, "No, nah, we're not going to play that anymore." He finished him. Yeah, that was probably the best countdown show they ever put together. Well, just, look at on the Ran- had, just on names they had. Just on Rampage and Vanderley alone, and that was a second fight on the main card. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. They actually I <laughs> can't believe CB Dalloway got higher ranking than Quentin Ramp and vanderley Simba. The, the
0: funny thing is how we're doing uh they're kind of doing that in the last two pay-per-views that we just had or are yeah. gonna have. 246, they had the um Maurice Green and Alexei Olenek fight in the yeah. middle of the main card. Now we got Juan Adams against fucking Justin taffa in the middle <laughs> of the main card. So maybe it's like a formula that they've known that's been tried and true. Maybe that's the piss break fight probably the smoke break probably
1: what they need I mean though the heavyweights <clears throat> with Taffa and Adams like that can be over quick and it exciting could, it could be
0: sloppy as fuck <laughs> or Slop- it could be quick and fun it could be sloppy fun.
1: as fuck and awesome or sloppy <laughs> as fuck and awful cause heavyweight MMA is a gamble every time it dude remember
0: over. Frank Mir and uh, Crow Cop?
1: Oh, yes. Unfortunately. That was, yeah, <laughs> That was the first one I was like doing podcasts for about. So oh, yeah. I, so I did like a preview for that card. And honestly, I don't remember anything other than like the knee from Mir. Yep. And Sean McCorkle beating up Mark, Mark Hunt. Hunt. He yeah. uh, Kimura, No. Did he Kamora him? It was a ch- I think it was a chokeout, or uh, it was a Kamora. Yeah. It was yeah. a Kamora. Yeah. Or yeah. a key lock or something. Like lock, that. It was yeah. something
0: weird. I think the, I'm pretty certain if I'm not wrong, the co-main event of that was Sean Trick against Evan Dunham. It could be. UFC 119. Oh, Ryan Bader against Lonog. What am I talking about? Sean Trick and Dunham did fight on yeah. that card though. And Melvin Gillard and Jeremy Stevens. What a what a sad case with Melvin Gillard, too, though. All the oh, potential yeah. in the world. And then just
1: always got like right there on the verge of that title shot and then would get blown up. Like away. he
0: even beat Jeremy Stevens, right? Yeah. Matt Mitrion on the honor card, Sean McCorkle and Mark Hunt, like you're saying. TJ Grant, another unfortunate case. He was so, almost had that title shot. Remember, he had the title shot booked, and then he had to pull out.
1: He's still waiting on that title shot. I think right now for the welterweight title.
0: <laughs> I I wish we had a little. Oh my god! Look at that run right there for Melvin Gallard.
1: Oh, he was he was a big signing for Bellator and just one of the many <laughs> one of the many uh, UFC guys that just came to Bellator and never delivered. He
0: was the one propping these guys to come up to the UFC. Yeah. Muslim Salikov, Israel Adesanya. And then lost to Takanori Gomi in 2018. Are you kidding? In Ryzen me? too.
1: In Ryzen.
0: <laughs> and then he lost to a guy named Terry House Jr. And uh, actually, not not that long ago.
1: In October. <laughs>
0: Four months ago, not yeah. even. Holy shit, he's still kicking around at welterweight. <laughs> yeah,
1: former lightweight like near contender, right? Yeah,
0: uh, he was like you said. He was always just there, but just never never got uh, never pushed through. Um, let's get to BTC. Yeah. How long you've been with them? How long you've been working with them?
1: So June will be one year, so okay. just just short of one year right now. Uh, but I've been following them pretty much since BTC three. So I've covered covered BTC three, did some interviews backstage, and then pretty much I've been to every card. Missed four because it was in Peterborough. Didn't okay, go to that didn't couldn't make the trek to that one, and then have covered every card either covered and then called every card from BTC six on.
0: Damn. That's a lot of experience, right there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean,
0: I love how much how many shows they're actually pumping out, though, because that's one thing that's been hard in the Ontario MMA scene is the consistency of these shows and building that that following where people will consistently come out to the shows. Like United Boxing, they have a yeah. great they have a great formula. Like they have decent production, they have a decent like setup, and then they have a diehard fan base that always comes out to these shows, even if they don't know who the, the fighters are, right? And they, I'm usually hoping have
1: that this, would... they usually have the same fighters on those cards, Exactly. Right, too, so you know.
0: But with BTC, I like that they're actually taking it all over the GTA and the Ontario region. Like yeah. they've done, like you said, Peterborough, Kitchener, they're London. They're doing
1: Kitchener. They're, they've done Toronto, Oakville. Uh, Burlington is their home base. So they'll run a show pretty much every year in Burlington. Uh, Peterborough, Windsor was a huge success for them. Oh, wow. And then...
0: Uh, they must have had the Laramie Boys on that for for that one. I... No, they,
1: they actually oh. had them. Or they had... Uh, Tony or TJ? Yeah. They had TJ, mm-hmm. but his opponent uh, got hurt and he pulled out the same. Ah. But they had Kyle Preplock on there as yep. the main event, mm-hmm. and that's when he fought Cody Fister, who took that fight on like two days' notice, Jeez. and like got everything passed to fight like through the commission here, which is like uh, the, ho- the worst. When they come, when they, like the American <laughs> fight, they're like, this is like re- insane how hard it is. Not that I want to say the commission's the worst; it's made a lot of improvements in- yeah. from when MMA got legalized back in two thousand twelve. Here, eleven, yeah, but yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when it like it's made lots of leaps and bounds like before it was pretty much like okay we're just gonna do mma because it's now legal but they had no real interest for mma now they're like okay let's work with the promoters let's mm-hmm. work with the promotions to make mma a success and a safe success as well
0: i think it was more so the changing of the guard in terms of who's running it. yeah
1: that's the biggest thing right for me. yeah
0: because that was like when i was working with the uh, the regional shows back then the main hiccup always was the commissioner like he would say uh Two guys aren't worthy of fighting each other because one guy just like perfect example, Chris Kalaitis and uh, Adrian Woolley tried setting that fight up on one of our SEC shows. The guy's like, it doesn't, it's not going to work. Kalaitis doesn't have uh, enough experience. Woolley, I think was like six and zero at the time. Kalaitis is four and oh, but then he looked at Kalaitis opponent opponents who were like oh and one or one and three or something like that. And he goes, oh, these guys aren't, you know, to the level of Adrian Woolley. So I think that Kalaitis is going to go in there and, and get smoked. They end up setting that fight up for Bellator that happened in Ontario, and Clidius goes out there and finishes Wooly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just weren't really, like...
0: I think the commissioner now is much very more in much. tune,
1: right? He, he want, they want to work with... Uh, the promotions want to work with him and he wants to work with them. That's so the that's a part. healthy blending of MMA. And I think that's a good positive for everyone as a whole right now. For sure. Because right now, like, MMA is really booming in this province. Like You not only have BTC, but you have the PFC. They're yeah. running some shows as well. They're running all over uh ontario and you know there's you know hopefully ufc will come back i think they will this year for they sure. should yeah yeah I they usually
0: skip like one year and then come back they'll
1: come back to toronto and hopefully they can maybe run like a fight night in one of the smaller towns yeah even though i've heard like winnipeg's a must destination for them in canada but i would hope that they'd come run like a small town like uh like i think kitchener would be a perfect location for a fight night card or something yeah. something like that like a, I think they Windsor. would do like
0: I could, yeah. Windsor is probably one of them. Ottawa, they've already done a couple times as a fight night. Um,
1: There's just so many places they haven't experienced yet that mm -hmm. I think would be cool to experience to get some new fans in there because UFC as a name sells. Yeah. The sports fan will just go to check it out and say, I went and saw MMA or fights or what have you. That's what, like, that's a lot of the selling too in some of these markets is, hey, there's fights.
0: That's the, (laughs) see, there was an initial boom when it got legalized. Yeah. And then there was a, a little bit of a drop off. And then it's starting to boom again. And I think that boom is coming from the, the, like I said, the changing of the guard with the commissioner. I'm not sure exactly when that change happened because I kind of stepped away from the regional scene after SCC 2 yeah. uh, But then I slowly st- started getting back into it. I think the only BT show, BTC show I've actually, actually I've been to two. Uh, there's one in Burlington. Uh, I think Scott Hudson fought that night. Um, I forgot who Adam Senza fought that night. I can't even remember exactly which card it was. Uh, and then they had one at the convention center in Toronto as well, too. Yeah, that was BTC the,
1: three. I think that was their first or second show. Mm-hmm. The first one is actually in the convention center. That was BTC one
0: at, at uh, Toronto Convention yeah, Center, yeah, Met- yeah.
1: Metro Convention Center. Yeah, that, that was, was number fir- one. That was the first one.
0: Jeez. Uh, uh, that's when we had a. Uh, I'm from Grants and yeah. th- those are the guys that I kind of like stay stick close to as much as possible. Uh, we had Todd fighting Matt Van Buren that yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, Anastasia Nikola Kakos was fighting that night too. I think she fought for BTC a couple times as yeah. well. Um, I love, th- the main reason I want to see MMA explode a little bit more in Ontario is so that we can get more talent Go over to the big shows. Yeah. We're, exactly. we're the grassroots... This is where it starts, right? There's not a lot of Canadian talent that is coming out there. Louis Jourdain is fun to watch now. He got that big one over Duhu Choi. Choi. Um, TJ Laramie is another guy I think he's going to have some success too. He has a... P- I th- no, he doesn't have a fight. His brother has a fight coming yeah, up for PSP- does, yeah. PFC, right? Uh, it's interesting that you guys are doing shows uh, like two weeks apart. Well, one's in Kitchener, one's in Toronto. Yeah. I'm more than likely going to be at both now because I'm trying to like get back into it as much as possible. Um, who do you think i haven't heard of yet or most people haven't heard of yet that's been on the couple last couple of btc shows that they should be looking out for
1: i think for sure uh who fought on our btc seven card siri cd he's fighting Matteo vogel in okay. kitchener siri is an unbelievable talent like i called the first mma show i ever called was an amateur show in mm-hmm. brantford for the Wreck MMA promotion.
0: Ooh, Wreck MMA, that's a throwback. Yeah, so,
1: (laughs) I remember just like, you know, one of the things you always want to call in like a fight is like an amazing knockout. So at the amateur level, like, okay, it's normally like, one guy's gonna take you down, ground and pound you, that's the fight. Or, it's gonna be just two guys that really don't know what they're doing and what have you. So, Siri, like his opponent is warming up in the cage and he tells me, hey man, our fight's gonna be fight of the night and I'm like, okay great like that's I'm happy you're that confident so this is a guy that's training in his garage versus Siri who trains which
0: one is this the Avinash fight
1: no it's his it's an amateur fight I don't think it's ranked Uh, there it is the Adrian Adrian. Tesserola fight (laughs) okay so his opponent Adrian Tesserola, super nice guy anyways (laughs) he's like my fight's gonna be fight of the night and like this Adrian was training like in his garage basically with two buddies where series training at Parabellum with Lyndon Whitlock and Rory Mc like legit murderers yeah, yeah. of MMA. So series busting this guy up with leg kicks and I'm 43
0: called. seconds, dude.
1: <laughs> it was, I think it went a little longer than that. I think that okay. time is wrong. Okay. I think that was 43 seconds of like the second or third round. Uh, okay. 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 But I mean, amateur coverage what have you, but nonetheless, so this leg kicks like, damaging tessarola and i was calling the fights with josh hill and he's like yeah that head kick's looking there and siri just unloads this head kick and this tessarola just drops right in front of us (laughs) i leapt out of like oh my god the head kick this is unbelievable and i have never seen something like that much violence to my face like that so he's he did the same thing at btc7 like Mm -hmm. against uh, kevin Popowick vastine where yeah. Kevin was making his pro debut against you know a real tough guy that Siri is like he's really good on the feet he's got an underrated ground game yeah Kevin clipped Siri a couple times and he cl- he heard him Siri's backing up and Kevin got a little too over anxious and Siri like a golfer that knows what club to do just pulled this head kick out and Kevin like dropped back and just out butted up oh. bloodied up and just nest and then they just stopped it right there but like Siri someone that's really, really that you need to look out for. Like
0: 4-0.
1: 4-0. He's he's so young too, just 23 years old.
0: He's training at parabellum.
1: Parabellum, BTC, nice. like mixing it up with a lot of talent as well. Like this is a kid that it's not so much what he does like fighting, like his fighting skills are unbelievable, but just talking to him. He's 23, but he talks, like, with a mentality of, like, a 33 or a 43-year-old. Like, he's got that tunnel vision. He knows, like, the right decisions to make. He reads a lot. Mm -hmm. He gets himself mentally prepared. And to me, for the fight game, that's such an important aspect that a lot of people don't figure out until they're in their 30s. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, One thing I – just a quick sidetrack. Are they going with BTC as Burlington Training Center promotions? It's just is BTC fight promotions. BTC, but yeah. there is no
1: No, it's just BTC BTC Fight
0: That's what I was trying to figure out at first when I was trying to like explain it to somebody. I'm like BTC stands for this, but normally it's Burlington Training yeah. Center. Uh the the rest of the card actually looks pretty, pretty good, man. Like Jesse Ronson. Everybody, oh, a lot of people know about him. Troy Lamson is a guy that that's uh, I've heard about a little bit and seen during like tape study for other fights. I think he beat uh, some somebody Hale, Robert Hale, in his second last fight. Yeah, Robert Hale, I know about him just through through friends and all that. But he, yeah, he lost to Alex Munoz last time around. Um, Jesse Ronson, though, he's fought for you guys before too, right?
1: Nope, this is his first fight with BTC. Oh, he fought for PFC, yes. Yeah, he was he fought for them, yes. PFC as well. Uh, long before he had gone back to, like, the, the UFC runs, I think, if I'm just looking at his record, or, the, or TKO, I should say.
0: Yeah, yeah, TKO.
1: Before he went to TKO and then eventually then with the PFL. So mm-hmm. Jesse's a huge get. Obviously, you know the talent he brings to the table. But, I mean, he's from London, and this mm-hmm. is the closest I think a lot of people from London will get the chance to see him fight. Like, Jesse's obviously hoping to have a great 2020. His 2019 Didn't go his way. He Mm -hmm. got, you know, screwed over a couple times, once by the Quebec Commission, where he got his fight pulled with, like, that skin infection, which... He was supposed to
0: step in for a Diego Fajera, right?
1: He was gonna... Yeah, he was... Against... That was was before that, too. That was the year before. He was supposed Mm to. And they asked him to take this fight and cut so much weight, and then he's like, I can't. Like, I can't. And they were like, oh, well, you're just dead to us. It was so weird that they,
0: like, said that he was replacing him and then, like, let him go... Two days later or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, which is was awful. And then he tries to come back and has some issues. Like, he had a skin infection, and they just pulled him from his fight. Like, the day of the fight. Oh, yes. TKO.
0: I do remember that against Charles Jordan. He's yeah. supposed to fight. He yes. Was, that was supposed to be a huge, I like, champ-champ champ
1: type fight. Situation. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That was massive.
1: And then he, like... So, hit that carlos silva fight so he signs with the pfl mm-hmm. silva misses weight and at the pfl if you miss weight you get three walkover points and then he's like where's my walkover points They're like, oh we're not doing that with you whereas if you look in that tournament Ramsey ninjim he, he got never the same fought thing. in the in the qualifying he his opponent missed weight once and he missed weight once so he got three points and so, like it worked out where he got the last seed into the playoffs Natan Schultz finished him in the first round of, yeah. of their fight, but Jesse got screwed for that. And they're also like, oh, by the way, you're fighting our former champion. And fought, I think Jesse fought anyone that fought Natan Schultz this year. The toughest, like Jesse hurt Natan a couple times in mm-hmm. that fight with some good body shots. Yeah. It's just Natan's grappling is just so Next much. Double. And then they promised him like a good perform, that like, good performance. You're gonna come back and then when i spoke with jesse he's like his management team had to call the pfl like what about this deal you said like they forgot about him which is like how do you forget about someone that's like always gonna be that in your face high intensity he's level fun fighter? to watch he's exactly he's like set- one of
0: my favorite fights i've ever seen live is him against ryan healy yeah one of the funnest fights ever at score fighting series that was insane um it's kind of shitty that they screwed him over, especially with the Nijim thing. Uh, oh my, the I think they were just going with, like, the, the name value at that point, which is unfortunate.
1: I mean, right? it could be that, but, like... You, you've set a precedent. Like, if your opponent misses weight, you get walkover points. Exactly. And then just because you're towards the end of the season, like, he doesn't get the walkover points. Like, that doesn't make any and sense And then you to
0: put me. put him in there with fucking Schultz, who's, like, one of the best guys in the PFL currently. Double right?
1: Back-to-back lightweight champion winner for them, right? So... Yeah, yeah. He
0: did win the, the this, season. This past year. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, like, that was unfair. So... I think we're going to see a real good fight against Troy Lampson who, you know, former Michigan state wrestler. So that big 10 wrestling is huge. So it's the, you know, a striker versus grappler type of fight. I'm excited for it. I mean, you know, and Troy's from Michigan. So Michigan isn't that far from Ontario yeah. bring a lot of those fan bases. That's one there.
0: thing that I noticed with like uh regional events. We would always have guys from Michigan come over.
1: Yeah. Always. <laughs> always. Michigan isn't that far. So. Yeah.
0: Tony Hervey was one of them as well. I think he was from Michigan. Um, I can't remember uh, some of the other names. Uh, I I love the fact that we are at BTC nine and that we're at PFC 13. That just shows us that it's finally working in Ontario. I don't know if we'll get other promotions that try to step up and, and try to burst onto the scene. I think that BTC and PFC, PFC is more so in like the London region as well. Right.
1: Yeah. London, well, they're doing a
0: Toronto show in a, co- in a couple of weeks, but I think yeah, most of those London, guys are based Windsor, on London,
1: right? like that type of area.
0: And then BTC is obviously more so Burlington. Um, I've talked with Rob a little yeah. bit, Beavers. Uh, He's told me a little bit of the plans for 2020, and I'm excited for what you guys have to come. Uh, in terms of the end of 2020, where do you want to kind of like see BTC? Like, are there, do you personally have goals for them? Like, I, I'm not sure how involved you are with the planning process, or if it just stops at, I come do play-by-play and I'm out.
1: I do a lot of, like, their video stuff for them nice. to, like, announce the fights and stuff. And I make it a, a priority because, like, I do a lot of broadcasting stuff. But, like, the MMA and BTC is, like, easily one of my top priorities that I, I make time for them. And if they ask me to come to Burlington, it's not a bad drive from Kitchener. No, so I can that like, bad. <laughs> make the track out there to come help them out. Honestly, I think the thing when you look at, uh, especially now, like, Fight Pass is relaunched. They have some good uh, promotions in the States. Like, obviously, LFA was a big get for them. Yeah, CFFC, which we talked about, is Massive. huge. Is a, is a good promotion out in the New Jersey area. Yeah. But I think, like, a Fight Pass could you, need some talent from Canada. Like, we don't really know about TKO. They say they're back. I don't think they're coming. I don't know if they, like, they... They say they are, but I don't believe it is as Like, well. wait, wait, wait. Back as in back... They're, they're going to be running a show, the show that they canceled three times last year. Yeah. They're going to run it again. Like, it's going to gonna be back don't worry so
0: within the last month you're saying you heard of tko possibly they back.
1: have themselves put out that they wow. put press release like we've I must refunded people we've refunded people the tickets if you haven't got your refund you can get it but we're coming back they keep saying this but Nothing i haven't seen concrete. much yeah like i talked to zach powell before yeah. his uh just a couple weeks ago and like he's fighting on that pfc card and he's mm-hmm. like i hadn't heard until yesterday that They were coming back. Like, I thought they were dead. That's why he was, like, looking at these Ontario promotions.
0: The shitty part about TKO, though, is the exclusivity agreement that they try to sign these guys to. That's, come on.
1: Yeah. Everybody knows that this
0: is a stepping stone promotion. Like, (laughs) like, I'm not trying to say it to downplay these guys, but everybody's trying to get to Bellator. Everybody's trying to get to the UFC. Everybody's trying to get to even Risen, 1FC even, right? Those are the top four promotions that people are trying to get to, mainly to the UFC, let's be honest. How Like, Jesse Arnett got fucked. I yeah. still feel bad for him, man. Like that's one of the guys I've I've been telling everybody. I'm like, look out for this cat. Look out for the no pun intended, the big but cat. <laughs> look out for this cat. You know what I mean? Like, look out for him. He's gonna be fucking sick. And then I think he loses to uh, he lost a belt to Nate Manis, right? And then he loses uh, by knockout to, to Josh, Josh Hill. Hill. Yeah. You know, and now he's sending himself back. I think he's coming He's fighting this weekend, actually, he's east, for yeah. FLA yeah. Uh, Fight League Atlantic. I think it yeah. is. Hopefully, they're able to take off as well. Uh, I was able to talk to the owner of those guys. I wish they were. Some of them were in Toronto because I would have them in for the the show as well. But uh, I love that East Coast MMA is finally starting to pick up in Canada because West Coast has been killing it for a while now. Mm-hmm. You got Battlefield Fight League. You got Unified. Hard, Unified as well. I don't know where Hard Knocks is, but they were a staple as well. Z Promotions still runs events. They call it Fight Night, which is weird.
1: They're running a show in Hamilton too in May. Z? Yeah. All right. So I'm they're coming totally going to gonna be there for that. They've announced like two shows. They've announced that Hamilton show, and then a show after that in. Al- back in Alberta. Yeah. I think it's, I've, obviously Lethbridge. I don't think it's, it's Medicine Hat. That's where it's going to be. <laughs> but I'm just saying, they've announced two shows already. Like that's good, ha, healthy have, progress. Have
0: they announced a venue for the Hamilton one? Do you know about that?
1: It is in, uh, they have announced it. I forget it off the top of my head, but it's announced for Hamilton.
0: I want to see if I can pull up something for that. Because this is actually the 1st time I'm hearing about that. I thought they were strictly uh Oh, oh, West Coast promotion. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, they're running this show in Hamilton, which I'm like, good for them.
0: Uh, Winona Vine Estates.
1: Yeah, that's where it's gonna be.
0: Where the hell is that? Winona Vine <laughs> Estates, man. April sixth. Oh no, 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 wait.
1: They, they plan to run one there, but that's the venue oh, they're running. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's okay. the venue so, they're yeah, running. That's, that's so, yeah, that's 2019,
0: so that's that's later. But, yeah,
1: they're running there. Good so, for them. So that's a third party in the mix in Ontario.
0: It seems that they have some money behind them, too, because they're able to get some pretty decent names on their I shows. Mean,
1: they're on both Fight and the Fight Network. So yeah. they have that exposure and definitely some sort of money behind them.
0: Yeah, you got Chris Curtis, who won the title out there. The um, shortest
1: retirement in MMA history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> the one hour the, retirement the one hour retirement and then like i'm done after he got knocked out bad
0: i think they had joe riggs fight for them a couple times as well uh dennis purick is another guy that i haven't heard about in a while too but he was a beast he beat terry on that night not bad yeah. shane Campbell, josh hill fought for them as well not bad what the hell is josh hill up to
1: he just signed with bellator
0: oh yes yes so yes i did waiting. see that actually
1: He's waiting. He has a fight, but I know he's waiting for it to be announced, so... I won't. I yeah. won't pry. Don't yeah. worry.
0: They they for sure have an, an yeah, opponent, he, though? Yeah. Do they have a date?
1: Uh, I believe so. I don't okay. want to get in that. Yeah, I'm spoil sorry. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for him. Yeah. I know he's trying to okay. get it, but like he does have a fight. Good so for him. I'm happy. I mean, like talk about a guy that's beyond yeah. deserving to get a major promotion behind him. And
0: been around. You know right? what I mean? <laughs> like, he's been around. When we were doing the score fighting shows, he yeah. was our main ticket, like he was the main ticket seller. Yeah. Him and uh, Alex Ricci. Yeah. Those guys like sold tickets like hotcakes because they had such a like big fan base behind
1: them. Right. Yeah. Josh is obviously super talented and yeah. he's just grown as as well. Like normally known for his wrestling ability to just dominate you with just wear you out. But like, his striking's really it's especially, better. Especially that Jesse Arnett yeah, finish. That I was, was surprised. Unbelievable.
0: I was like, holy shit. He, did he just knock out Jesse Arnett? That was insane. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he caught all that slack from the UFC during his like tough run. Yeah. Very unwarranted, you know what I mean? Like very biased back then, but seventeen and 18 and three now, if I'm not mistaken, and, right? Very amazing record. Only losses are Tyler, Taylor, Taylor Lapoulis, Marlon Moraes, and twice.
1: The, and like the a and lot of people, ultimate fighters. A, a lot of people too. thought the first Morrice fight he won too. Mm-hmm. So like the second one, obviously he lost that one. Um, but I thought he won that Lapolis fight. Like I thought he won that on the scorecards. It was a split decision. Mm-hmm. But I mean when a fight goes to the judges, anything can happen, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And the split decision. Was that for a title? No. It was that not wasn't for, for a title? title? That was a three-rounder, right? Yeah. Um the the, the Laramie boys. They've been like, I've, I've been hearing about them since they were like 13, 14 years old. They've been killing it down in Windsor. I think they're still with Reno, Rhino. What's his name? The guy down in. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. MTC. I think, MTC, it's, I think yeah, their MTC, name yeah, is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. MTC. Right. Um, they've been making a lot of progression. And when I look at their record, I'm like, holy shit. Like they've already fought. Like what's, uh, what's TJ's record now? He has over like 12 or 13 fights now. Right. I
1: don't know off the top of my head, but he's definitely someone for sure to look at 11 before. and three, 11 and three. Yeah.
0: Jesus. On a 3-5 winning streak, Alex Morgan, he's just not able to get get past, right? Like, that's uh, what, Uri Faber with Mike Brown, just not able to get past that guy, whatever it is. Um, I think one of those was actually a very uh, quick stoppage as well, if I'm not mistaken.
1: The uh, second Alex Morgan one was like not even a broadcast TKO show. It was only, yeah. it was like a black. Ergis fought on that card too. Yeah, I think um, he did, yeah. It was a blackout card, which I remember like someone was covering it and I was like, thanks for the updates, but yeah, you're a major promotion and you're not streaming your show. What I is get this? that. It's a
0: fight night card, but still you got Alex Morgan against TJ Laramie. You got Charles Jordan, who fought on the Coleman event there. Uh, Malcolm Gordon, another guy against James Mancini, who's a, uh, who's highly tired at the time as well. I think there was another Cyril gone was Cyril on Ghani. that fight too.
1: His first MMA pro fight <laughs> for <laughs> a title for the title
0: <laughs> <laughs> against Bobby Sullivan. Uh, yeah, man, Tariq Ismio is another guy that people should be looking out for. Not the biggest fan of him, to be honest, but uh, Ergus Tegueta, like, I love this kid so much. That's why I had him on as, like, my my 2nd uh guest, 4-0. Didn't, didn't fight at all in 2019. Secured a BJJ um, yeah. gold at the IBJJFs, which is amazing, too. Um, so, so, again, like, let's get back to BTC in terms of the end of 2020. We're going to run... I'm not going to say how many shows, but... Is there like a, is there, is there a certain goal? Like you, you alluded to the fact that Fight Pass is yeah. kind of missing so my, something, right?
1: Like Fight Pass or a DAZN or something, like they need that talent level on there. Mm-hmm. I think the production values for that BTC is using have improved so much. The fight quality is out of, like on par with like a UFC fight night card. Yeah. Like there's insane talent and you know. People need to see what's going on. Like that's like we live in the internet age where you can see what's going on in Brazil, Japan, and you see what's going on in Canada. Like it kind of gets treated like the redheaded stepchild <laughs> compared to uh, like the U.S. MMA scene. But the Canadian MMC MMA scene is really good, and I think it's at maybe the best it's been since the legalization of the sport.
0: I'd have to agree with that, J- just because again the the consistency consistency of shows that are actually out there. Um, I love the fact that you guys actually put all your fights on YouTube.
1: Yeah amazing that's like i
0: don't know why more promotions don't do that unified they try to charge you for it like the okay i get the day of the event pay-per-view cool i'll chop you off 20 bucks to watch this fight live i'm totally fine with that afterwards why are you still charging for the fights and archiving them i don't i don't understand that that train of thought
1: i would wonder if that's a deal with like fight because they are on fight fight tv yeah fight tv the streaming service Uh, i wonder if that has something to do with it whereas btc they're they hire a production company and they own all the footage so hey we'll just upload the fights afterwards and they do a pretty quick turnaround too which from, is great which is which is what you want right so i i mean that's that's a great thing but yeah i think more people do need to put all their cards or up there or some sort of thing maybe not everything but like the fights you need to see for sure, for sure.
0: um in terms of live viewing though like uh, if you're not able to actually make it to the card do you guys have a f- live viewing you guys yeah, do fight we a, TV? We
1: stream. We have a. they stream themselves. Okay. So you can normally been able to purchase them on the website and the, the price for them is like just been five bucks. Oh, pff, like that's
0: easy. Like that's not
1: simple. And you can rewatch it again afterwards mm-hmm. for however long they keep it up, the, that link up available, and then the, the, you just know they'll come up on YouTube. So. I think we
0: did that for SCC too, where we had a company come in and they actually yeah. broadcast it live for us. It obviously didn't do the best, but like you still want to be able to make money if you're able to do in that aspect. Um, do you see any time? I'm not trying to start a BTC versus PFC war. We're all in this together. The end game for everybody is to get these fighters to the next level, Yeah. right? Where where the grassroots, where the NCAA is like, oh, is what I like to call it, where where the where the where the grassroots uh, promotion for these guys. Do you see any type of separation between the two companies? Like like I'm not saying like the, like there's, there's a rivalry or anything like that, but is there anything that sets BTC apart from PFC or PFC apart from BTC?
1: I mean, I just think. I'm not the, trying to start shit. That not is saying, not what I'm trying at all. I'm not saying you, you are or yeah. anything. I don't think there is like a rivalry there. It's like PFC is doing their thing. BTC is doing their thing. It's just more an extra platform for a fighter that wants to, you know, fight in his pr- own province and get his friends and family out there. Like, yeah, there's no real beef between either promotion. And I think that's good. Like they support each other. They like like each other's posts on social media and whatever. That's perfect. Which, which is what you need. Like if you're out there bashing each other. It doesn't look good, and it's not good for a sport that's needed to grow up in this province as a whole that's had its own issues, uh, getting legalized then, having all the issues with it being legalized, commissions and stuff like that. So I think everyone working together has been pretty much a a solid thing. Like, as you see, Chris Allard, he's fought many times for both Mm -hmm. BFC and BTC. He's fighting for us uh, again in Kitchener on the February 29th. So, like, there's no negativity between the two and i think that's that's great i mean they they run shows pretty close together i don't know if that you know in the long term hurts both of them because if you have to pick one if you want to make the trek i wish
0: i wish it was a little bit more spread out like we got uh btc february 29th and i think literally the next week
1: march 8th march 8th yeah
0: yeah march 7th or march 8th whatever the saturday
1: is there right the sunday card for pfc sunday card yeah it's a four o'clock start for them
0: at least they're doing it early which is not too bad, yeah. But Sunday's a little bit sketchy. I like the venue. Rebel sounds like a cool venue to to host fights in. I wouldn't mind checking that out. I did see the pictures for the 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 odd in Kitchener. Yeah, and it seems that, I'm sure you've called plenty of games. Is that okay. where the OHL plays? Yeah,
1: that's where the Rangers play. The
0: Rangers. Uh, it seems like a great venue to hold something like that. When we were doing SEC two, when we were actually uh, trying to figure out the logistics aspect of that, we were trying to get the uh, what's the Ryerson.
1: Oh, the Matamé now. Yes, the, the Matamé Maple Leaf Home Gardens, Center. but it's now yes. the map, mat, it's now And the we Mat-a-may. were trying
0: to, we were, we were gonna like push, oh, formerly uh, Maple Leaf Square or Maple Leaf Gardens, whatever yep. the fuck it was called. We were so excited. Like we were close to like nailing down that deal but then the unions like yeah. it they charge way too much for the bare bones production that we were trying to put on at the time right that would have been a great get in my opinion like just just the the venue in itself is almost a selling point right it would have been great uh but then we ended up doing something and i think it was north york or something like that um what else can you tell me about btc though um like, I want to give these guys as much shine as possible because we need MMA to thrive a little bit more in Ontario. We need the the series cities to make it to the UFC. We need, uh, where exactly is he from, Burlington?
1: He's a Burlington, Burlington guy. Burlington yeah.
0: guy? We need Burlington on the map. Yeah. You know I mean, we need Toronto on the map. We need Brampton on the map. Like, I can't think of anybody that's really made it from the GTA that we can say is like, all right, this is our MMA guy. You know I mean, the closest thing we have, well, Jesse Ronson's a London guy. Like, I'm trying to talk about, like, Toronto GTA close by.
1: Well, Matt Special also fights for BTC. He's an up-and-coming lightweight guy. He trains with Bazooka Joe. Nice. Bazooka Joe Valtellin. He's from Brampton. Mm-hmm. So he Shout out. <laughs> so he, he's been he's been really, you know, rising. Like he fought on our last card in Niagara uh at BTC eight against a guy. He wanted a tougher opponent. Fought a guy that was Six and seven coming into the So that's, you know, 13 pro fights experience Mm -hmm. when you're a four or five and oh type of guy. Mm -hmm. Like you're really wanting to take that next level up. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. Like you can't just be fighting guys that are, you know, around the same level. If you want to really test yourself, that's there. And. Matt's definitely an unbelievable fighter, has a ton of kickboxing experience before transitioning full-time to MMA. And now, MMA is now his, like, full-time job. So mm-hmm. he's focusing fully on fighting. So he's another guy to look out for. I mean, obviously, Adam Asenza, always you know, an exciting guy, a veteran of fighting in this for province. Sure. Um,
0: 17 fights under his belt.
1: Yeah, like, and fighting uh, Cody Fister. I know. Another, ex- like, another guy fighting a UFC-level opponent. Like, Adam is arguably one of the most exciting guys you're ever going to come see. Like Mm -hmm. he prides himself on putting on a show and he always does like whether he wins or whether he loses. It's an exciting fight. fight.
0: Yeah, I think that the BTC card I went to, he actually lost that fight, but it was a great fight. It was probably the one that I remember the most. Um, In terms of, I I love that you guys also sprinkle, like you got Jesse Ronson, you got Cody Pfister. Those are probably the most recognizable names to a casual MMA fan. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you guys fill out the rest of the card with up and coming talent, which is much needed. Like, I think most of these guys have less than three fights, actually, uh, until you hit the Chris Allard fight. I'm not sure how up to date this uh, top MMA news card is. I'm not sure if you can confirm this or not for me, but there might be some fights on here that that shouldn't be on there. Um but Asenza for versus Cody Pfister, great fight for him in terms of actually building up his name. Gabe, Gabe Sagman is another guy that's been around for a minute, too. At least when, once I got into the game, that's another name that I was hearing. James Clark, haven't really heard about that kid before. What can you tell me about him, champs?
1: James, James Clark's our, our uh, flyweight champion. Yeah. Won the belt at BTC 6. He's now 2-0 and in BTC. This is a guy that... Like, fought the toughest of the tough guys when he was with TKO. Mm-hmm. At one point, this guy's record was one in three, and you'd think, oh, he's not really worth the time, but fought his way through it. It talks a big game, like, one of the most exciting guys I've ever seen talk. Yeah. Like, he talks the talk, it can walk the walk. Uh, I just fought, represented Team Canada out in Thailand in this, like, MMA type style, Olympic level. Thing that he did so he's four and three now but to know oh with btc just a back and forth fight that he had with dave henry he's s- sensational like he's someone to really keep your eyes on as well because not only what he does in the cage but he's like a personality as yeah. well and that seems you, like
0: it would just his topology picture alone
1: <laughs> he, he's holding up the belt <laughs> super nice guy we yeah. i had a good little chat with him after he won uh our our flyweight title but like he's such a personality Gave great uh, pre-fight interview with us when nice. obviously this is a guy that looked you know you're cutting to 125 like you just want to get out of there after yeah. you've weighed in yeah but like was took the time spoke with us and puts on a show and that's our like normally btc cards will have two or three title fights this is our only title fight mm. at btc9 and i think it's one that you're gonna look out and, and enjoy because james on his social media put like oh this guy's talking a little smack to me and ah, what have you we're gonna so have that, some fire going so into james it. is trying to spice it up a little nice. bit which i which i like because gabe sagman's a, a tough guy but I, i'm excited to see what both guys bring to the table
0: if he's going to be nicknaming himself the suplex kid
1: Oh, there are suplexes. (laughs) That's not just for show. There are suplexes.
0: Interesting. I'm excited to see this guy compete, man. Like, This is actually the first time I've actually heard about him. And that's one thing that I'm kind of like hating myself for is the fact that I'm not uh, into the regional scene as much as I used to be. But I'm definitely getting back into the foray now. I want to hit up every BTC show card, uh, every PFC card. I want to hit all the Z Promotions. Thankfully, they're coming back. When we used to do SFS at uh, Hamilton Place Theater, I don't know if you ever went out to one of those cards, but those were... Before you did BTC, did you ever go to any regional shows?
1: i never went to any of the regional shows. Like the closest, I guess, going to a regional show was watching a, a score fighting series card on the score or what yeah. have you. But I mean, the Hamilton, that theater in Hamilton looks really nice. And it was a,
0: it was a very cool setup. Like I was at first, I'm like a theater, like with the opera setup and all that. But they, they did it very well, like the sound carries and and pretty much every seat was a great seat. Like uh, they had like the, the what is it, the mezzanine, the, yeah. the higher levels. Perfectly you can see right into the cage. And then they have the two monitors on the side too, so people were able to see that way too. I'm excited to see how is this the first show at the HUD? Yeah. For BTC?
1: Yeah. Uh first pro MMA show ever to hit Kitchener as well. Kitchener's had a lot of amateur shows at a couple nightclubs and it I've
0: uh, actually been to one. I yeah. think Argus fought at one of those and I went out for that. And then
1: one at like Bingham's, which is a big like event area. yeah so, But this is the first pro MMA show in Kitchener, and you're running in like the building everyone like associates Kitchener with, where the Rangers yeah. play. It's a you know seventy year old building, but it's had so much history in it, and now BTC gets to add their name to that history.
0: And tell me about your experience with the the Rangers. How, how is it calling like
1: hockey? Hockey. Oh uh, well, is ho- that
0: one? What you say? What was that? Was like one of your first loves in terms of sports? Sports
1: wise, yes. I mean, I think every Canadian kid really grows up. It's like put in even there, me to a certain extent. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you kind of just grow up with it, and like I always wanted to be a part. Somehow do that, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Working your way through, like covering uh, calling a lot of university hockey, calling both uh, Laurier, Waterloo games, both men's and women's, and then you know doing most of the range stuff. I used to do was just like so. If they were playing in the states, so a Saginaw or a Flint, we'd have to take their feed. So when they would do their commercials, it just come to me, and I'd be like talking about the game. <laughs> Which I loved. Like,
0: How long are you sitting there doing
1: that then? Because then you're doing play-by-play and then you're doing announce? So so that one, you're just like, you're watching the game. They have their team do the game. Oh,
0: oh, okay, okay, okay. So
1: then you just cut back to us for the commercials because we can't air like Saginaw University or no. whatever in uh, the Waterloo region so I'd just be out there like breaking down the game and I did most of the time I do it by myself because people be like I can't make it out or whatever because yeah, yeah, yeah they want to just be at the event or whatever
0: but, what was but, the setup though like are you just
1: chilling on a couch watching the game it's and literally like just a table and like I'm sitting in a chair mic'd up talking watching about you like, watching the game and then yeah, when watching go the to the commercial, game then, Yeah. Or, yeah, like, the 10 minute mark where they have to go to the commercial, yeah. come back to me. It's like, oh, it was a good first 10 minutes. How but, long
0: were those, like, stretches, though? Like, two minutes, three minute stretches that you're done? Yeah, a
1: little bit. And it's like, oh, we got to throw it back to the game awkwardly. <laughs> but, like, the coolest thing for me was, like, you don't know how many people are really watching Yeah. or who's watching. Exactly. So, I did a game. It was Flint. So, Kitchener played Flint. Kitchener won the game. And I go to my, I uh, get home and I look at my phone and there's a DM from Bob McKenzie. Oh, like, wow. Like, great Sportsnet. job. Sports, TSN. 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 Sorry, what am I talking about? TSN uh, legend. Like, great job doing the game, Flint. And I was like, what? <laughs> 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 like, like Bob's son, Mike, is the general manager and now interim head coach of the Kitchener Rangers. But you never know who's watching these games. No idea. Like, you literally just think you're just talking to a camera and, like, a couple diehard Ranger fans. Yeah. But, you know, the eyes of hockey is watching your game and like to get a compliment like that was the hugest thing for me
0: that's how i feel about like doing these podcasts i have no idea who the fuck's gonna see this yeah yeah you know i mean and then you might just get this random message where you're like great shit or even on twitter i always get like a great job with cody or a great job with z great i'm like holy fuck like i can't believe like you watch this yeah. <laughs> what the hell um what for yourself personally what are your goals uh stick with hockey play by play
1: I mean, honestly, we'll, we'll just see where... It, like, I'd love to do MMA full-time. Yeah. Like, it's a passion of mine. Do you
0: rate rate one above the other, though, in terms of what you would... Like, what do you dream to do? I
1: always dreamt of doing, like, fighting-type stuff. Okay, Because I think every kid in this country, if you're into broadcasting, you just want to do hockey. And a lot of people have told me that. I just want to do hockey. Like, I had no interest in any other sport. Like, I was like... The first thing I ever did on air was roller derby. Because it was an opportunity. <laughs> okay. So I just took it. And then like you never know where it goes How much go. did you know
0: about roller derby? Before Zero. that though?
1: Zero. Wow. It, That's how true pro right. But there. I was I was the one just doing the interviews. Yeah. So it was like instead of like Beth Smith, it was like uh like wrestling names. So I just treated it like wrestling. <laughs> so that was at least fun for me. But then it like it, you know, it takes off. You're doing soccer you're doing baseball you're doing football hockey Damn. and then like if you make yourself a wide array of stuff i think that's a key to success for anyone that wants to get it don't just leave yourself one door like there's too many doors to be yeah. open because
0: it is almost a a skill that you are able to translate to other sports but my question in terms of translating into different sports how technical do you actually get like i know you're doing play by play and which is mainly just talking about what you're seeing yes and then you have do you, you normally have a color guy yeah, as well that's doing Josh the technical. Yes, it's Josh Hill. So, right? well, yeah, that too. But I, I mean, even with hockey as well. You oh, have a color. Guy so that for me, with,
1: with the Rangers, I'm the one being the color guy. Okay. So I'm not super like what what have you, but what I see on the screen, I can pretty much narrate or I know enough about hockey to do. But like with MMA, I I'm happy on play by play because. I have Josh Hill here. Yeah, break uh, like, down the actual exes. A, a guy that's been in the cage like 19 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is one of the highest level dudes out there. And he's not only like obviously knowledgeable, but he's an excellent broadcaster mm-hmm. himself. He like, speaks well too. He speaks very well. Like, yeah, yeah. If Josh wanted to retire today, I think he'd have a great career on mm-hmm. TV, doing something for TSN, what have you.
0: Um, Just going back to the hockey thing, do you actually... Uh, like are you calling it like this is the i don't even know how you call hockey plays like i'm just saying like basketball is he running the zone or is he oh the no. two, three are you, you doing that like, type of
1: shit you just like a lot of on he's you know skating up on on the wing here it's okay. a lot of you're just like pass the puck gets a chance and then if there's a big chance in front you get a little excited yeah. if there's a big save you get excited i mean it's pretty much like if you watch them it's a lot of uh moving the puck and then the exciting stuff you get excited for exactly the stuff you don't need to get excited for you don't get excited for but
0: then but that's what you're trying to bring to the broadcast though is like the, the the energy yeah and and you know just just describing exactly what's happening and then getting back to the MMA broadcasting aspect of it since you started doing the play-by-play do you find yourself um wanting to learn more about it, like the sport itself, technical, the techniques. I mean, sure. The
1: more you you involve, the better you are, the more understanding of certain things you are. Uh, I mean, I find myself getting involved, since getting involved with it, watching more MMA, but like listening to the the guys calling it. Yeah. Because then you're just like, like a John Anik. Like John's arguably the best guy right now. I am
0: the biggest John Anik fanboy, I'm going to be honest. Like John's
1: (laughs) arguably the best right now. A super nice guy as well. Awesome. Like, you just watch as well. He'll post like how he like preps. I think that's I a huge that. thing. I love that I, he does that. I, it's it's huge for me because it's like. Sure, you can put certain things down, but how does he prep? What does he do? Because when you're talking about a guy, like, sure, their record's great and everything, but you try to get a little bit of their personality. Yeah. That's what I try to do in the the pre-fight interviews, try to find something that's interesting. You you want to paint a
0: picture for these guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or something something that, like, someone that's not a big MMA fan, if they're walking by the TV and they hear something that may catch their ear that they can relate to, then, oh, I'll stick around and watch this fight.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, what is your process before doing a show? You say you do fighter interviews, so you're just sitting so we do there that. talking with them for... So
1: we we do pre-fights, so they weigh in, and then obviously we we'll let them do their stuff with the commission because that's top priority. Yeah, for sure. So then after they see the doctor, they come to us, we do a little bit of a pre-fight interview, uh, you know their thoughts on the fight, what like their strategy a little bit is, and try to get some certain like personal information from them. Sure, um, is this in front of like a camera or something? You no, guys are just shooting it, the shit. It's just talking. a lot of talking. We okay. don't film that type okay. of stuff, which we don't need to. And I don't. Yeah. think I don't think they really want to see a camera in their face after you know cutting the weight. True. So we that's we, what
0: Score Fighting Series used to do. Though yeah. after they did like the weight. Oh, actually, you know what? I lied. During fight week, they would have these guys come to the room. They would tape it all, and Robin would ask them all the questions, or whoever it was ask them all the questions. And that's how they get their information. But it's, I think it's better the way you guys are doing it just shoot the shit yeah talk get to know a little bit more about these guys yeah
1: so we do that and then there's a lot of uh prep work beforehand so you're watching their old fights yeah Uh, if it's you know something like it's with this it's kind of hard because some guys are making their debut and their fight is in film so you just have to kind of that's why the pre-fight interview to me is huge yeah because you can look at a tapology record But it's it's better to just talk to someone about their record or their fighting style or what have you. Mm -hmm. You get to know them a little bit too because you could be in there. Obviously, those records are not 100% correct all the time. So there's wrong information you could be putting out there about them. So you don't want to do that. But yeah, it's a lot of watching their fights and stuff. Like we had a couple guys that fought in TKO Mm -hmm. on our last card. So I mean, at least that's on Fight Pass, easy Easy accessible. And obviously, a lot of these guys still have fought a lot on BTC. So you've called some of their fights and you know them a little bit. So that's pretty much much a lot of what the the work is and just trying I more want to just find a little bit of the personal side of the person
0: yeah um holding down a nine to five while doing all this has got to be challenging as hell. Oh. So how far in advance do you normally start doing your research for these fights? Cause like BTC just started announcing their matchups less than three, four weeks ago, right? A couple
1: weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And end of January we start, we filmed and then they had a quick turnaround to pumping those videos out. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Patrick. He's the video guy yeah. who does shout a lot Patrick. of stuff, does a lot of <laughs> amazing work for the company. Like all the graphics, all the videos. Nice. That's It him. looks clean, man. Yeah. That's it him. looks really good. He's, One of the most talented people I've ever met. For sure. So I like the first time I met him was like, where'd you go to school? He's like, um, I learned this all myself (laughs) on YouTube and I was like, well, you saved yourself thousands of dollars. You never had to go to school, but like you have insane attention to detail. You learn things quick and put out great content. That's Uh, what catches
0: people though. When you put out that free stuff, that quick two minute video or whatever it is. That's what's going to catch them. Like I watched the one they did with our Ergus and his lead up to his fight. And it was great. Like they had great shots of the gym the yeah. trainers and they, they asked the correct people about Ergus and they were able to get good answers. Um, so it's it, that one thing is massive, like mm-hmm. to push that and get it out to social media, I think is great. Um, but in terms of yourself, the research itself, once the fight gets announced or once you hear rumblings of the fights that are going to be booked... Once it's pretty much started.
1: official, like, because things can change, right? Yeah. Like, I've heard certain things about this card, and then I was like, don't want to get your hopes up or saw a blueprint, but nothing's official yet. Yeah. So you don't want to start doing that prep. Once it's official, then I'll go to work and I, you know, start writing your little things down. I like to do a lot of... uh Like, go over and, like, maybe, like, a final, like, a cram type thing towards the end. Like, I'll do my research ahead of time, for sure. But once you're, like, in that fight week mode, like, you're just, you're starting to feel it a little bit more. You're getting into the zone, watching a lot of the fights. And that's when I really get into it. Like, I went up to Niagara and was in my hotel room. like, I don't really want to go to the falls. And (laughs) I got a a big card to to fill. So I'm just going to put a lot of research in on these guys. Like, I had seen a lot of them fight before, but just doing more work on that and i'm just like i'm just trying to get more well-rounded because the last one we had before btc8 btc7 like had a lot of fights unfortunately fallout just a five fight card they're all first round finishes Mm. like great card yeah but like you don't really you you do well but like i felt like could have done a lot better but i mean unfortunately the fights were so short you couldn't expand it so like i was like good thing i did a lot of the a lot more prep, and got, made myself a lot better and ready for this because that was a card that had a lot of fights that went to decision. You're able to stretch things out a little bit. That's more. another thing. You
0: need that, like at least 15 to 18 minutes, however long the fights normally last. You need at least that amount of content to fill. Like Josh Hill can only do so much. Yeah, you know what I mean he can only break down a, a single leg so many times. Yeah, right? exactly. It's it's comes back to you in terms of setting it up. Like John Anik does a great, in my opinion. Uh, I, I see that he has those cards. Yeah. Right? So Is taken, that like, what
1: you do? Yeah. I don't do
0: cards. I feel uh, like you you like screenshot it and just like quickly look at yeah.
1: it and I'm like, okay, let me see. This. I'm trying to see what he's putting down yeah. there. Cause yeah. like he's got great information, great stats. So I tried to like that was a lot of what I tried to add the last time. It's like he's won this from this many times on, like a, this fight win streak, and like if you know he has if they a fighter has then lost, that's his first loss since blank. Like yeah. you're
0: trying to like. So th- do you have a card or something? Or you have a piece of paper? I like
1: I do a lot on my computer. I bring my computer with ah, me, so okay. I have that with me because like you know obviously you should probably print this out, but I just I'm just so a part of the digital age and just bring my so laptop true. with me. Yeah. So I have I know some people
0: like bring out tablets. And and stuff but you got your like legit laptop out yeah. there, right um and t- also in terms of preparing yourself actually well, one thing i didn't want to say like that fight card that you said had five fights on it all of them were quick finishes right at least you guys aren't like you have a time slot that you need to fill right like john Attic and these guys they know that they're going to be on espn from eight to ten before the main card and if all four of those fights go to a quick finish you need material to fill that up but luckily for you, you guys are like you guys are bang 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 with their fights, right? There isn't much time in between the
1: fights. We had two fights, then we had an intermission, then a fight, then we had another intermission. What do you guys
0: do for the intermission? You guys actually talk throughout the broadcast? No, or? we
1: just go to like some go dark, ads and stuff, or just throw some of the stuff we've done pre-production wise to just mm-hmm. put on there for the, for the viewer at home. But like that was an unfortunate incident. It's MMA fights fall out, <laughs> right? Insane. Yeah. But. I heard people were like, they wanted their money back because the card was over so fast. I'm like, if this was a UFC show with a main card of five fights, five first round finishes, show of the year. Uh, essentially, easily, what they're saying. Easily. but like, oh, because it's local and you wanted to be there longer. It was like, man, you can't control this. The
0: funniest thing anybody ever said to me was, uh, I went down for connor and Aldo to Vegas, and they're like, aren't you just pissed off? It was only thirteen seconds. I'm like, no, motherfucker, there's, there was thirteen fights. There's twelve fights that that night. I'm not there just for that fight. Thirteen seconds, and sure, even if it was ten seconds. To be there for that moment of seeing Conor McGregor knock him out in 10 seconds is something that you can be, be able to tell people for years and years and years, right? Yeah. That's an experience that not a lot of people got to see. Maybe 15,000 people it was at MGM. So it was a, yeah. a smaller smaller arena, right? Um, how would you say that your style of play-by-play has transformed since you started? Uh, you said BTC6 was your first one?
1: BTC6 was my first one. Play-by-play. So play, yeah, play-by-play, yeah. Play,
0: yeah. So over the last two, I guess that's three events now, six, seven, and eight that yeah. you've done? Do you feel like you've changed in a way, positive, negative, whatever it is? I think you just get
1: more comfortable calling the sport because, sure, there's one thing you call an amateur show, but then you're off calling MMA for pretty much two years. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a different sport, a different animal compared to what you're normally used to of hockey, basketball, football. Mm -hmm. Like, this is there's a lot more going into it. There's a time, but, you know, it can be fast-paced. It can be real slow, grinding type of a fight. So you learn to just, I guess improve in terms of how how you call a fight and certain things and, and and just learning a little bit more about the fighters and like what to ask you get more comfortable around these guys as well so you just do you
0: do the do you yeah. do engage no interviews josh, after? i let josh, josh do, do that. that one yeah you're probably just like josh this is on you brother he probably is a little bit more comfortable in there anyway because he has that you know the fighter mentality he knows what these guys have just been through with the correct questions to ask or there's certain things that happen in the fight that he wants to follow up on right
1: he's just Perfect with it, and like the trend UFC wise at least is let the fighter be the one that DC does it. DC does it. Bisbing does it. 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 Yeah. Like they have Brian Stan used to do it. Oh, I miss Brian Stan,
0: dude. Greatest living American. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm like, Josh is perfect for this. Yeah. It's tough as well. Cause like, if I'm doing it, I got to get back, rush back. And then there's going to be some little bit of dead air or, I mean, Josh could obviously fill in for that little bit, but still, I think
0: you're more, you're more tuned for that though. Like in terms of being able to fill that time during that exchange period. Um, Is there something that you want to improve?
1: I think you just want to get... You can
0: always improve. Yeah. But is there something specific that you're like, I feel like this is uh, something that may be lacking in my my expertise? Is there something that you want to improve
1: on? I think you just want to get better each time out, honestly. It's like overall, like I could... Like it was a good time. I had a good... I think I did well, but there's always room to, to grow in, in certain aspects, like mm-hmm. certain techniques and, and learning certain things. Uh, like sometimes you'll have a slip of the tongue and then you'll just think, about, damn, I kept saying I know, that. I know, And that will stick in you for a little bit. But like, I know I'm getting better at like, got to have amnesia. You say it, move on. And then people forget about it. Like if you kind of dwell on that a little bit, it affects your performance overall. Like, Easily. Same with anything for like these athletes or any athlete. If you think of the one bad thing that just happened... It's gonna not go well for you.
0: Yeah, because you're just sticking. You're on stuck it. on it. Yeah. It, it, it. I felt like that happened to me the first time I started doing these like podcasts. Like even like I, the first thing I ever started doing was uh, breaking down upcoming cards. Because my main thing that I started with was handicapping MMA. Right. So I was like breaking down all these full UFC cards. And I'm not the type of guy that was going out there and like recording for ten minutes and then going starting up on a fight and then coming back and doing another ten minutes. I do all my shit in one go. I don't want to sit back and have to edit all this shit. I just want to sit down, yeah. record one thing, edit in the the little boxes with all the fighter records and their names and the odds and all that stuff. That's all I want to do. I don't want to cut and paste and all that type of shit. So when I saw my first ever couple episodes that I did, and I saw all like the the Freudian slips and like the the hesitating to say certain things and and messing up certain phrases, I like hated myself. But the one thing I didn't really see was the backlash of it. In the comments yeah. or in other people saying that because they forget about it too. They know what you're trying to say and they understand that you're going to have a slip up every now and then. John Annick has slip ups every now and then. You know what I mean? And it's I tell you he's the to best happen. at the game.
1: It's bound to happen, right? Like nothing For sure. is going to be perfect. And think one of the things I did or at least have gotten better at is like, this is an industry you're going to get criticized. So take the construct, take constructive criticism. Yeah. So, cause BTC puts all their fights on YouTube. So I took like some of the, the fights that I've that I wanted to hear people's opinions on. So I put the link in. We have, I have a, I'm in a, like a, like a fight type uh, group on Facebook. Yeah. So with some people that I know are like connected with some good names. So I let everyone have their thoughts on it. And then, you know, there's positive and negatives. And then <laughs> there's just certain things to work on. Like one of my, is like using a certain word over and over again. And it's like, you don't know you're doing it. No. It's like a bridge word or yeah. like, like I forget what mine would, I have one, but I, I don't notice it until I hear it back. Yeah, But it's like, just he's like, I use one word all the time too, but maybe just try to tone that down. I'm like done. And then I notice. I'm not using that word as much.
0: You don't notice it until somebody points it out, though.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, but that's what you need. You need someone yeah. there or else you're never going to get better.
0: With this podcast, I've been doing with bringing in studio guests. The one, I I hate listening to myself, but I force myself to listen to the podcast afterwards to kind of see where I can improve as well. One thing that I noticed in my first couple episodes was that I kept interrupting people and I hate doing that. I want them to finish their thought. Like I, I want to jump in and I want to you know add more fuel to the fire of this conversation that we're having and this exchange that we're having but let the other person complete their thought. You know what I mean? And then go on from there. I feel like I still do it every now and then, but I am consciously trying not to do that. And I feel like that's something that you might be doing as well Is when you're sitting in that booth, you're like, okay, I know that I say this word quite often. I'm gonna make sure that I don't do it this time.
1: Yeah, that's other a big one too, is where you feel like you're interrupting someone, especially like if you're calling a fight and someone gets clipped and you're just like, someone's going in for the kill, looking yeah. for the finish. It's like both Josh and I are out there like, oh, he's hurt, whatever. It's like we're both talking over each other a little bit. It's it's bound to happen. Everyone's excited about it. But you're just trying not to overtalk him because he's been in the cage. He knows both ends of what's going on in that yeah. situation. And you're just trying to paint the picture of what's going on. Exactly.
0: That I, I think people are more forgiving of – talking over in those aspects where yeah. something dramatic happens, right? Like, I love it when Joe Rogan's losing his shit and then, uh, you know, John Anik's trying to explain what exactly is happening, right? I love when that happens. It's just It's just, it's natural. It's organic. It's genuine. That's why I enjoy watching um, John Annick do his thing. And I think Anik is honestly one of the best things that's happened to the UFC since letting my, uh, Mike Goldberg go. Because you can truly see the differences, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm listening to Mike Goldberg now on Bellator and I'm like, Praise Jeebus for John Anik. Yeah, I mean, just you can see it from the amount of work that he puts puts into it. For me, it feels like Mike Goldberg just steps in there, reads up on the Wikipedia. This guy's from fucking Flint, Michigan. Wrestled at this high school. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, like you could see the lack of work that he's putting into it. I
1: think. I mean, I think Goldberg obviously has a good place in MMA. I mean, his "It is all over" is like one of the best catchphrases. Oh, easily anyone's ever had not just MMA but like in sports like when a big fight with or, or a big knockout happens you hear that that's great but uh John obviously puts a lot of work and he's done a lot of work to get where he is like
0: oh easily ESPN, ESPN MMA, in the live,
1: MMA live him and Kenny <laughs> which you had to like have a A video subscription too on iTunes (laughs) back in the day. And that was like taking up your whole hard drive just to get an episode uh, to watch. And then obviously we did the first season of Bellator and then went over to the UFC now and – you know they gave him all the smaller shows and he works his way up and one of the best right now in the business in not just by MMA far. but sports
0: by far like you can f- you feel the passion in his voice when he's talking about these fighters too and somebody told me that it just sounds a little bit too generic i'm like no he's very efficient with his words do you listen to his podcast with, uh, i don't listen Sinfo? to his podcast it's so weird hearing him swear because sometimes he swears in it and you're just like, oh shit, but he's very efficient with the swearing too. Like he's just not like fuck, 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 fuck. Like he drops it maybe once every yeah. 20 minutes, every 30 minutes or something when it's really required. And I feel like that's what he translated into his actual commentary. And 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 and, and when the finishes happen, like his his genuine, um, I, I, the one thing that I love that they release is that the camera view of the commentating booth. Yeah, Like when you see John and I trying to hold it together, but still like losing his mind, probably the best.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I hope we can get that for for be, for the future. That'll be PC. great.
0: I think they're great. Like it's it's cool little action shots like that too, right? I think that's awesome. Uh, John Gooden, I believe, is the European yeah, one, right? He's he does a great too. job too.
1: I didn't even know he fought. He fought. He, yeah, he posted on Twitter like, ah, oh, here's some of my amateur like amateur what? style fights. I he might like,
0: still be on topology, but I'm
1: like, I had no idea you fought. Like he,
0: I've seen like his intro- Oh, he's not on there uh John yeah John Gooden yeah he's, That's he's
1: excellent though too
0: he yeah I see on his Instagram he's like training regularly too Anik one thing that he's in uh Boca Raton right so uh one thing that he's always saying is Pahumpa from uh American Top Team is always like begging him to come out and train and do jiu-jitsu he's like I have my gi but I just never freaking putting on is <laughs> always on my ass trying to train with these guys um and who's the other guy there Brendan Fitzgerald
1: Brendan is I think excellent. he's a, amazing too Brennan's also like coming from the sports world too. Like mm-hmm. he did a lot of stuff. I think on NFL Network, and obviously he's either a fan because mm-hmm. UFC doesn't just take people on. Yeah. And so he worked himself and a pre and just you know keeps getting those gigs. And I I think Brennan's excellent as well. Him and Bisbing have some excellent. They have a chemistry. great chemistry. Oh yeah, great chemistry on especially on the Contender series. Like yeah. I love hearing him call a fight and, and you just. It makes you better hearing someone really good. Like, you just want to get to that level.
0: They had another guy that came over from WWE, right?
1: They had Todd Grisham for a little yeah. bit. He's now with Glory Kickboxing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's and some stuff seen. on zone as well. Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen... Uh, I think they tested him out for like a couple of shows...
1: He called Gaethje Johnson, which I'm like, hey, yes. the one debut card for you. You have this amazing fight that you get to call.
0: Exactly. Like if anybody was going to hop on and be a fan of this guy, it was probably for calling that fight. Right. It didn't seem like it worked out too much for him. Um, in terms of the play-by-play guys, I love DC. Or not play-by-play, color. Sorry. I love DC. I think he's the best that the UFC currently has in terms of fighters. I love Rogan. I'm a, I'm a Rogan show. You know what I mean? Like I loved him since freaking even before the ufc even before i knew as a commentator uh but i just love his like raw genuine enthusiasm for the sport but then dc is just like a close second for me is there anybody else that you kind of like
1: i'm loving bisbing right now yeah like bisbing's work as a commentator is like he's getting better it, i think he's excellent right now mm-hmm. like he's maybe top two i like dominic cruz as well but i think for bisbing like Everyone just hated him as a fighter. It's really changed a lot of people's perspective on him. Like this guy knows about fighting. He uh, on podcast tells great stories, but he tells great stories. He's very honest too, which, which is what you want. You want those commentators, those color guys to be very honest and open, especially at that level for the UFC. Like he knows what it takes to be a champion and he may not like what he has to say, but in the long run, maybe you'll get better if you listen to what he has to say.
0: It's kind of good that he has this, like, coming off of that career that he's had, right? DC is still obviously fighting. I think he has one fight left, and he's probably going to stick with this full-time, too. Um, Let's bring it back to you, though. Um, You want to obviously keep doing BTC moving forward.
1: Yes, for sure. I love BTC. Right?
0: Those guys are awesome. Excellent people. Can't say anything bad about them. Um, If you were to get another gig within the MMA industry to do play-by-play, is that something that you would look at?
1: I mean, if there was an opportunity, I mean, I wouldn't Because there's no
0: exclusivity with BTC, right? I'm sure they would be very happy for you to continue to gain experience and garner experience.
1: My thing for me is like, if, BT- if there was two MMA shows and it was like BTC and someone else, I'm taking BTC. BTC They've been course. too loyal to me and I just love everything about them. I'd love to do more MMA, but I mean, it's like, everyone else kind of has their own set of guys right now and stuff like that, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Have your own crew, but I'd love to, you know, do a show out East or something. Like I'd love to travel to make this a living. Like that's a a big thing for me. Like traveling is part of the reasons you want to get into broadcasting, cool places. And then like you're living your dream. Basically. That's one of the the goals. Like, sure. Even for BTC, it's like, I'm going to auto. I'm going to Niagara. Like not, I don't need to take a plane anywhere, but I'm traveling doing something I love for a company that I love.
0: I was kind of the same way with score fighting series when we would do shows in like Sarnia, Yeah, right? I'm like, I would never go to Sarnia, but here's my excuse. Yeah, (laughs) And they pay for everything too, which is freaking great too, right? You're just going out there, having a good time trying to just do your part of the show. Um, When you were first starting off with play-by-play, you were already a fan of the UFC, correct?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: Was it even a thought in your mind that you would be calling fights however many years later?
1: don't i mean it was always a dream but it's like you never know how things work out and Mm -hmm. then uh you know btc they reached out to me they liked my uh, my calls for for university basketball that's how they found you yeah well i put a so last year laurier's men's team had a a pretty like surprisingly successful season Mm -hmm. so we had two playoff games they won their comp their division for the first time in like 50 years or something like that so talk about timing. Exactly. Right? Ex- timing is everything for it's anything. It's insane. But like I was just putting my clips up for the basketball games because I was like, I wish I had a cool picture of myself here. But <laughs> Laurier, bless them, they put their stuff up there. So it was like there was a big dunk in the game uh against McMaster. And then they reached out to me. It's like, would you be interested in doing MMA? And I was like, absolutely. And then so and then cool. the next game, which was the Oyo semifinal, like Our 6'9 guy dunked on Ryerson's 7'1 guy. And it was like, I just like lost it on that call. (laughs) And then it was, they just showed that around. It's like, look, I just... When exciting things happen, you get excited yeah. and, you know, it just adds something to it. And I'm I'm very appreciative. And, you know, that's the one positive of social media because it can be a very nasty place, but you never know who's watching, like I said before. And, you know, someone will just reach out to you and there's an opportunity and then another door opens and you got to you got to take it. You can't say no in this industry.
0: Did you know anybody on the regional scene at that point in time before? any Yeah, after- I was
1: following definitely the regional scene then. Like I'd covered, by that point, I'd covered BTC 3 and 5. Mm-hmm. And then they were getting ready to start up doing, uh, making their fight announcements for BTC 6 in Burlington. So I that's when I really got all in and it. it was just like, things took off.
0: Covering um, uh, the regional scene in what
1: capacity? So my one friend had a like a website, it was more on boxing But, I mean, a regional card, you're going to go out there and cover it. So I asked him, like, can I just, like, come? Like, we'll do some video content, do some video interviews for you, put them on YouTube. He's like, sure, whatever. And then I was there. We did some interviews, you know, with, uh, you know, Siri, Adam Asenza. uh, Ergus was one of the guys I interviewed. uh, Fought on that (laughs) card. And then I wanted to go to BTC 5, but I was like, I don't know how I'm going to. I I don't have a right to get a press pass, so I messaged Rob. I'm like, how can I cover this card? He's like, message uh, the guys from Top MMA News because they need the content, but they're out in Alberta and they're not going to fly yeah. out for it. So I was like, Keith I'll Granke cover them. And those guys Yeah, yeah so yeah. I c- covered that card for them uh, at in Windsor, and then. Things worked out where I got to do play by play.
0: I think uh the BTC card at the convention center that I went to with Todd and yeah. Anastasia, uh, who was it? I think it was Keith or it was Big Win, both of them they're like we don't have anybody down there covering it. Do you mind just giving us the, the not play by play but the results? The I'm results, oh like, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. So I was like Twitter DMing him after every fight, trying to listen intently in terms of okay they won at three minutes and twelve seconds yeah. or whatever it was, trying to hook them up with that stuff. I actually have Big Win coming in next week. He's don't- in. He's out in Ottawa. Uh, but he's coming down for like some sort of conference for his work. But uh, he is like super excited to come on the show. And I can't wait to talk to that guy. This whole show, it's called combative but it's for any and everybody that's been around the combat sports world in any capacity, Mm -hmm. whether it's play by play, whether it's gambling, whether it's a fighter, you know what I mean? Whether it's a coach, whoever it is, But big one is one that I've always wanted strictly because of how long he's been around the game, how many experiences he's had. Um, and then Top of MMA News is like the staple MMA yeah. website in Canada. You
1: know yeah. what I mean? I remember Keith like putting all that stuff out. I was like, man, I'd love to just even just be the videographer for some of things. Like yeah. That. Like, but I obviously, you know, the stuff around here kind of died down by that point, but I'd love to just do that. Like he's going out West, he's going out East, whatever, covering all these shows. And I'm like,
0: it's a little community of its own too. top MMA news. Like the the
1: comment section is just, they just
0: have their guys there. Like I used to be kind of active on it when I was back in the regional scene, but, but now it's just like, they have their main guys that are always going to be giving people shit or talking shit about a fighter or whatever it is. You hear about so much like weird stuff on that, but those are the guys that actually know what the hell is going on. I love the fact that me and you get to see a different side of these fighters that most viewers don't get to see. You know what oh, I mean? yeah, for sure. That's, and- the, that's my favorite part about being in this industry is seeing these guys as just as human beings, not seeing these guys just in the cage. I
1: think that's the biggest thing. Is like everyone thinks MMA fighters are like just Neanderthals, and you know we're failures in school. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we had a guy on BTC Seven that's a mechanical engineer by trade oh that god. won by heel hook oh in his pro debut. Who was that? Do you remember? BTC Seven. BTC Seven. Oh my god, his name is escaping me. I just saw him last good. weekend, uh, a couple weekends ago at their awards banquet. Uh, Colton Boxel. <laughs> <laughs> mechanical engineer by trade. Interesting. And he just comes out of nowhere. And just heel hooks motherfuckers. And just heel hooks uh, Jeremiah Kurtwright. And he's a mechanical engineer. Like, you wouldn't think engineers are fighters, but yeah. it just shows, like, how diverse this sport is. Like, yeah, now everyone's really, like, growing up, Learning everything, but you got people still coming in from. You know, I was a basketball player. I was a football player. I was an amateur wrestler. I now I'm an engineer, and I want to fight. It's like, like that to me with the Stephen A. Smith stuff is like the negative side of MMA. Like to me, MMA is for everyone. I love MMA as much as anyone, but like my only complaint with him was like he was a little too harsh on Cowboy Cerrone. But like everyone's allowed to have an, a take on yeah. this sport, especially a card of that magnitude with a Conor McGregor on it. But I, I, th- to me, this sports for everyone, and if we just start bashing everyone, like no one will wanna. Not only no one will want to watch it, no one will talk about it. And then it's just in the the negative side. And I think this sport's too great to have that kind of behavior.
0: Like we battled so much to get it to where it is now. Exactly. I mean, so to even have a guy like Stephen A. Smith covering it, we should kind of be thankful in in a certain sense. I'm not defending him or anything like that. But you know what he is known for. He's known for those outrageous takes. That's why he's getting paid millions of dollars to be on ESPN or wherever the hell it is. Right? Yep. He's saying controversial
1: shit. Exactly. It's like I mean it goes to show as well how invested ESPN is with exactly. the UFC like they're on ESPN Plus. They've got all these subscribers now. It's Conor McGregor's fight and they have their top media personality at the event to yeah. to pretty much cover that one fight, but you want that for the growth of your sport. Mm-hmm. Like this sport's grown so much. You want more growth for it. There's always room to to get, improve.
0: For me, I think the the when I really saw the ESPN love was uh, the NBA Christmas show, Christmas games. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause that's when they are promoting Connor and Cowboy. You would see it like where the scores table is, you would see all the commercials for it. And I'm like, holy shit, like it's actually going up that extra level. Like I thought Fox Sports was gonna be the biggest I was gonna get. Then when they got that ESPN deal, I'm like, okay, great that they got that deal, but let's see how they actually spin it. Is ESPN actually gonna invest time into this, invest money into it, invest advertising time to it? And they are. They're killing it. Like, I think they are actually doing a legitimate good thing for the sport. The ESPN Plus thing in terms of just having the pay-per-views on there, I think a little bit sketchy. And they're kind of moving away from Fight Pass a bit because they have ESPN Plus. We don't have ESPN Plus because we're in Canada. But I, I think the Americans feel a little bit more. What I heard initially was that they blacked out a lot of fights because it was available on ESPN Plus. So you'd have to go to ESPN Plus to actually see them. But from what I'm understanding now, after they did their latest update for Fight Pass, they fixed that. So everything's back on Fight Pass. But in my opinion, I think WWE is doing it the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you pay in the States $9.99, Canada $12.99 to get it on Rogers. Steal. Like, you're getting all the... Like, you told me as a kid, you're getting all the pay-per-views for $13. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I... I would have thought you were a liar. Like, Remember
0: back in the day, we would get like all of our boys together and be like, yo, everybody chip in $5 and we'll get this pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. I'll order
0: it off my fucking bell box or whatever
1: yeah. it is. Or yeah, get well, everyone has to chip in or whatever or just yeah. jack up your parents' cable or whatever. <laughs> but it's now it's like, no, just paying for one specialty channel. $12. And you, bucks. Get, and you get everything.
0: Everything, it. Yeah. Uh, with, with I'm not sure exactly how it works with like Raw and SmackDown. Is it like the next day that they release on the network?
1: So I don't. They do, but like they're much later because they have a deal in the states exclusively with Hulu, and then it eventually comes to the network. Like NXT's the the big thing, which was a network property solely now they're on usa network on yep. wednesday nights so they are now 48 hours after airing mm-hmm. so by friday it'll be on the network which isn't i mean like you gotta wait two days if you're only on the network like you can watch it head to head with aew show but you True. have to use a legal means i'd rather yeah. just wait for it to come up on the network but like
0: I think it should be a lot quicker of a turnaround then, unless they're doing replays. Actually, I
1: should say, in Canada, there is NXT on Sportsnet 360 Okay, uh, before SmackDown, but it's an hour version, oh, so, so they edit trimmed. some stuff out. So you kind of, for me, I'm like, you're paying for Roger's own Sportsnet and the, has the rights to the network. May as well just wait for the thing to be uploaded.
0: I, 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 Fight Pass as it, where they're literally like maybe 20 minutes after that yeah. portion of the fights are done, it's on Fight Pass yeah. right away. I think they should do that unless, again, like I was saying, unless they do replays on Sportsnet or other channels. It's a lot
1: to do with rights deals too, right? Like in Canada, it's Rogers, and, uh-huh. and they just switched in the UK to to D-Sports from Sky. So they have agreements they have to honor there but i mean you pretty much everything else is on the network like you can wait 2 days there's stuff yeah. to explore yeah. if you haven't explored and i think the big thing for the network is just the original content they've put on Ooh. like like those original documentaries they're putting out or uh steve austin's podcast is now on there mm-hmm. with some new series. i listened
0: to it a couple times back in the day when he he's first got like an
1: exclusive it. series with wwe oh, okay like the first one they had was him and the undertaker just talking like like my friend are-
0: showed me a clip of that actually so, it was so weird hearing uh undertaker's actual voice though that was like one of the first times i had actually ever heard it and my friend like showed it to me first and he goes who do you think that is i'm like i have no fucking idea he goes it's undertaker i'm like what really that's what it sounds like but continue. so yeah
1: it's like it's all about original content. Yeah. And that's what Fight Pass was to me was kind of lacking. Like the contender series, great. great. I love that. That's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Like it gets me excited about Tuesday the night fights. Yes. I'm in. <laughs> exactly. Tuesday night fights, live fights for someone yeah. that is could be a, the, the face of the UFC in a few years. You never Easily. know, right? Easily. But they only have like that. Like, sure, you can stream, like, we use your CFFC or this random boxing card, but. Like you don't have to watch that. No. You need like a like when they were doing the uh, it was their 25th anniversary. What last year? Those original docs. Oh, I loved those. That was pretty cool. They were excellent. Like on a wide variety of subjects, yeah. stuff you didn't even know about. Yeah. Or the where are they now for these fighters? Like, yeah, that was that was a six series as well. Th- they need more content like that. That's the one thing I think Fight Pass is lacking.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I don't really explore it that much. Like I mainly use it just to study up on fighters. Yeah. Um, so I'm not so much for the. I, I personally I don't really care about the original content, but I could see how it adds value to Fight Pass, obviously. And sure, with WWE Network, with it's any the same streaming thing. Streaming service. Yeah. Like,
1: look at Netflix. Like Netflix yeah. can buy all these old TV shows, That's and movies. True. But Netflix puts one crime Stranger st- Things. Yeah, Stranger Things or one crime series that everyone's yeah. talking about. They're like, oh, maybe we should just do more of our own stuff where everyone feels the need to yeah. have us. And that's what they're all doing now. They're like, look at this show on Amazon Prime. Look yeah. at this show on Netflix. Apple TV look Plus at this stuff well. on Yeah, Apple TV Plus. Look at this yeah. stuff on Crave. Yeah. Like exclusive stuff. Now Crave's more like we have the rights to HBO. Yeah. I
0: only got it on Crave for the last season of Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> I love Crave. It's had such a turnaround. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. For me, because like when they first came out with Crave, it was like that and Show Me with Rogers.
0: I remember Show Me. So
1: it was the dumbest thing ever. It was like, I'm a Rogers subscriber, but I can't get Crave because I'm not a Bell customer. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to give you money yeah. to watch something, and you're like, no. 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 I'm like, <laughs> okay, why would like that makes no sense?
0: Yeah. Sell it separately. Like
1: Exactly. You get separate. more subscribers, like and then Show Me was more too much like Netflix. And it's like, well, if I'm gonna spend that and get original content where or Show is not gonna give me anything. And then Rogers pulled the plug on that where Craves they had a whole like revamp of it. They have movies on it yeah. now mm-hmm. and like every premium channel in the States, like the both, HBO thing, HBO, HBO, great. showtime yeah. stars, like shows we that ignored, catalog ridiculous shows. We can't get here now yeah. they're on there. And mm-hmm. that's the thing you have to sell and make people give up their cable. Like there's a reason right yeah. there. All
0: right. We're going to end off on two things. First, what is the, if there's one fight that you've called on BTC that you can recommend to a viewer, which fight would it
1: be? One, I'm putting you
0: on the spot here. I know that. One fight
1: that I have called that I recommend for BTC viewers.
0: You may get back into the YouTube comments for this and be like, you know what? I actually meant in this fight. So, I would still right
1: now. I would definitely say that still that series CD, Kevin Papa with okay. Castine fight. Like, it's two up-and-coming guys. Yeah, One making his pro debut. And you wouldn't know that he's making his pro debut, how good he looked. And then you just see... An unbelievable knockout that you weren't yeah. expecting. I would definitely say that one. There's a lot other fights. I definitely say Jazz's fight from BTC 8 where she fought Christina Ricker and just, you know, ran through her in like just under 50 seconds. Mm-hmm.
0: And secondly, why should people in the GTA go to this Kitchener show? You
1: should go to this Kitchener show. Should be the salesman. <laughs> <show>. Well, obviously. <laughs> if you are interested in this show, you love MMA. So you want to support MMA. So if you're in the GTA folks in the gta let me say something kitchener is not that far <laughs> people think kitchener is like on in mars or something. Or some yeah. shit. it's yeah. like in mars like i've been in toronto and they're like oh the next time you come in from kitchener we'll pick you up from the airport i'm like it's not that far it's really not." kitchener is not far at all it's one of the best buildings that btc's ever run and just look at this fight card i know honestly adam ascenza yeah. versus cody fister uh troy lamson versus jesse uh, jesse ronson Lonson. seriously C.D. Uh, Mateo Vogel, like two up-and-comers at uh, the lighter weights. This one's at 135. Mm-hmm. And the heavyweights, they're making their BTC debut here mm. with uh, Mike Mead and Ed Sponeybogger. Like, that's some history that you get to see at BTC <laughs> 9. And as well, our title fight, James Clark, Gabe Sageman, two guys that look like they got a little bit of a beef between each other and nothing sells more and gets it settled than inside the BTC cage. Oh, I love
0: that sale. I'm going to like trim that out and just throw that up so people can actually go out there and get interested in this fight. I'm super happy that there's local MMA thriving, so I'm definitely going to be going out and supporting BTC. I'm going to be supporting PFC as well. Shout out to those guys too. I'll be having somebody from their side of things be coming in and and doing something before their event as well. Um, Kitchener, The Odd, February 29th. Tickets are available on their website.
1: Yep, on the website. I, I think, think they
0: range between 28 and 100 and something. Yeah. Based on where you're sitting, whatever. Pretty much, yeah. Yep.
1: Depending where you want to sit or how much you want to spend.
0: And then if you're not in the GTA area, where are you going to be able to see the fights?
1: Uh, I think we we're going to announce a streaming thing, much like on their website, but okay. I think other things could play out. So hundred not 100%, but I, if you stay on the BTC social media, on especially their Instagram, at, at BTC Fight, you will see a lot of content, a lot of information about not only where you can see the fight, but where the next upcoming shows will be as that social media account, that Instagram account is very active mm-hmm. with getting uh, the fight fan informed about... Their fighters, fighters, what is happening, and what's coming up in the near future for BTC Fight.
0: Perfect. I think social media is actually where Fight Promotions can sell their their product the best and make people care about it.
1: It's just amazing. It's and BTC's
0: like, killing it. Pat,
1: shout out Pat. Shout out Patrick. <laughs> like, just this free little app you download, and yeah. you can make so much growth of it. Do so much for your promotion, yourself, whatever, and BTC's knocking it out of the park. Easily.
0: Uh, Yourself, is there anything that you want to plug for yourself?
1: I'll plug my my Twitter, uh, which is at home one my Instagram, uh, just at home You can see all my stuff that I do for not just BTC, but University Sports, the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, honestly, like, yeah. And as well, I'm doing a lot of interviews with the MMA Chronicles, interviewing a lot of the up and coming fighters on the region. You just got scene. a gig with The Scrap? Yeah, I just got a gig with The Scrap. So some content will be coming up there. So a lot of work being put on, but you know, it's for the betterment of uh, myself and with MMA. So I think that's a winning tag
0: team i'm gonna have all of his information in the description below but i just wanted you guys to hear it from the horse's mouth (laughs) uh jason i appreciate you coming on man i know it was a little i know you're not saying that kitchener is that far or anything but still with the potential (laughs) snowstorm that we got coming up in a couple hours or something i really appreciate you making the trek out here make sure you guys check his shit out make sure you guys hit up btc fight promotions nine in kitchener february 29th i'm gonna be there rockstar z is gonna be there he's gonna be making the trip down from Uh, Barry or something is going to come down here and we're going to fly or drive down down to Kitchener to watch that Um, and then PFC as well make sure you guys check that out too thank you Jason oh
1: thank you I'm thanks for having me thanks for giving me a chance to spread the platform
0: this won't be the only time you're on here don't worry about that
1: (laughs) (laughs) spread the love here for for BTC9 this is a huge uh, event I mean for me personally to run BTC in my hometown I think it's amazing it's going to be a great card. Definitely want to go check out a uh, BTC nine at the odd February 29th. I don't think I should say anything after this. Okay.
0: That's it. Thanks for joining us guys. We'll see you guys next week.